yeah. in a way. Yeah, I, um, I call it the doom spiral. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, doom spiral. Yeah, I did yeah. a poster, and it's this ballet dance. I, I, it's this ballet dancer standing on the top of K two, and it's literally like that's what owning a business is <laughs> like. Right. It's like this. Welcome to the latest season of the Aussie Screen Printing Club, the podcast that's all about the commercial end of screen printing. <laughs> hey Sam, so I'm Shannon McKinnon. I own IL6 Industries. We're um, based in Wollongong in Coniston. We were in Sydney for nearly nine years. Um, we predominantly print t-shirts, um, and, but we also do posters. And for a while there, we would print anything that we could get flat, but that's fraught with danger. <laughs> so we've kind of... We've kind of some interesting stories right yeah, there. Yeah, we've kind of wheeled that one back into the cupboard because you just sometimes just get end up with like the weirdest shit and it's like oh man i don't know if i can do that anymore and yeah. um you don't make any it's always about making money but you, you don't ever make money on that stuff but yeah. um, we have had some great projects where we have worked with some great artists and um so that was cool that wasn't all t-shirt based but you know we can i can i can tell you about that stuff but predominantly what we do is t-shirts um um we were Handprint only uh, up until about eighteen months ago. When right, we were in Sydney. Yeah. We we're in St Peter's for um, that's where we kind of became serious. And then when we moved down here to Wollongong, um, we put in an auto, and yeah, that's got its own challenges. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and where are you? Where are you based, mate? In Adelaide? Is that right? No, no. no uh, we're in northern New South Wales, a place called Armadale. Oh, you cool. know where Tamworth is. I know I've never been to Tamworth. I know the Country Music Festival. That's yeah, right. Probably, That's yeah. a good reason not to go to Tamworth in my yeah, Sure. Um, yeah. We're about an hour and a half north of there. Oh, cool. And is so, your shop similar to mine, like handprint and all that sort of stuff? Or uh, We're auto and manual. Mm -hmm. So we went auto about a year and a half ago, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's January last year. Yeah. Yeah, same, same with us when we moved in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we've been running on manuals. Um, and then we eventually got an eight color manual thinking, hey, great, eight colors, simulate process. Why is it taking 10 minutes to get a t-shirt off? And then we said, we need to to step up. So we did it. Was that similar to you? You kind of, what was it that made you decide you needed to go um, order at that point? Capacity. Yeah, we lost, um, we had a couple of big clients and um, well, they're maniacs. They're, they're, they're like, a, they're, they're, they're the original ax throwing bar. Our, kind of our biggest client and we've been printing for them for about nine years is young henry's so we've done yeah yep. i don't even know how many t-shirts but over 150 designs with those guys yeah. and yeah. um and we were also printing for maniacs where we used to be maniacs had its first axe throwing bar ever pretty the first one in australia and so we we knew them really well but what ended up happening was because we were only hand print we would get in like young henry's had you know every couple of months we'd get an order for a couple of thousand tees and jumpers and you know like they had one design which was six color front and back that used to take us two and a half days and yeah, um, right. and it was kind of like the perfect storm we had that and then this is when and then maniacs just took off and they had like venues in sydney melbourne brisbane they had one that's everywhere and we were getting a couple hundred piece orders for every one of them and it just just hit at the same time and and we ended up losing maniacs because of it and um 
because we just couldn't because you couldn't supply yeah we couldn't manage the capacity and you know we we have a three-week turnaround we we say it's three weeks we try to hit it in two and back in there like we would never we'd literally you get it the day before on a three-week turnaround you know and yeah okay um just pure like the amount of hours that matt and ben the two guys that print matt's the wizard ben's the magician in case you follow them on instagram but no, I have to check that out. Yeah. And so we, we, um, when we knew we were coming down, um, this auto came up. It was a, it was just literally, I literally turned on, I, mean, you, I don't know if you know Howard from Leapfrog. He, yeah, I know Howard. Yeah. This thing was on there. I messaged Donovan, who's the MR rep. I was like, what's that machine? He's like, yeah, it's a good thing. And I li- literally got it. I was like, first in line. And then, um, we couldn't, it was too big. It's six and a half meters wide. So it's like an MR sportsman. It's right. an eight head, 12 board, but it's actually t- 10 colors. So when they yep. bought this, no, it's not 10, it's eight, 10, 12, 12 color, 14 board. Okay. Like whoever bought it and imported it didn't get, um, it was it's short four heads. So it's got like forced, you know, you, you got your, your white and then it's got a got two cool down, sorry. Cool down stations. A flashing and a cool down that's already there. Like you don't really have a choice. Um, yep. So, um, but it was too big to fit in the old studio. So it's six and a half meters wide. And I, I tried every, I had the tape measure out. I was like, it's gonna, is it going to fit? <laughs> and then, you know, there's other things like, you know, your power and you need a compressor and you need like, you just, you know, you, you probably found yourself. You think, um, I always used to think that um, autos was like just really simple, but it's really fucking hard. <laughs> so I should have asked, is it okay to swear? <laughs> Well, it's up to you. I don't swear, but you know, just oh, be I, I, I don't consciously do it, but when I get excited, yeah, well, then, then you won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's been, um, it's like one of those situations where I learned to print or my sort of history was, um, I was a backyard. I'm, I'm not trade qualified because this is, this used to be a trade as you probably know. And, um, mm. I lived in Canberra for a while and I moved to Sydney not for a while, like 26 years I lived in Canberra okay. and I moved to Sydney and found a tape course at Ultimo. Um, and I used to go in every Monday and try and print with my buddy, Greg and Christina, and they'd fail me every semester so that I could keep going back to do this beginner's course. And you'd, right. you'd know it was me because on a Tuesday I'd park my Volkswagen and I'd have a box of teas and, and that, and that's just what I did. I was, I was addicted to it. And then I ended up yeah. going to live in London. I, I I used to be a customs officer and I took um, wow. 12 months leave without pay and went to live in London with the, with the, the purpose of trying to work in a print shop. And I ended up working in a print shop called PhotoFit, which is, you know, it was a handprint, very similar to what my shop was. And this model of PhotoFit is really like, I know of a bunch of other print people that worked at this shop in London and that have married or mirrored their shop of what Al and Pete did. And they never had autos. So I never had, any exposure to it but once i got the auto in i was like holy fuck <laughs> what have i been doing you know that job yeah. that i said that the six color front and back um job it's a beer it's called beer is a girl's drink by young henry's yeah once we figured out how to use the auto and i say we as in once matt figured it out um the wizard um we were able to do exactly the same job six color front and back you know a couple of hundred pieces in less than a day you know so yeah. The yeah. impact's immense. Um, yeah. Did you yeah, find yeah. that when you, you first got it, it was a nightmare though in terms of 
getting used to squeegee angles and pressures and you know how the flashes do and don't work and all the rest of it to be honest um uh i didn't i'm not the person that runs it i can turn it on and you know i could probably set up a one color job but anything more than that i'm i'm i, I don't you know as the shop owner i don't spend the time there the um, the most immediate thing that we found was um that all of our screen tensions were wrong and so yeah. we yeah. were using because we you know hand print you don't you know there's screen tension but it's like an you know if it's spongy it's like oh it's it's, it's got a bit more give um yeah um, so we ended up manually. yeah so what we ended up doing was pretty much within the first two or three weeks of moving in here um we basically had to send all of our frames back out to be remeshed so it was like <laughs> Yeah, it was a cost exactly about, what we had to do. Yeah, exactly it cost about six grand, <laughs> which I wasn't yeah. expecting. Yeah. Um, I, I we used uh Shane at Leapfrog in Leapfrogging spot. Yeah, she's amazing, Shane. He's such he's a good great. man, and yeah. um, he was really good. He was even come and pick him up and bring him back for me for a fee. And once we got that little thing, it's such a little thing, but it's such a massive thing. Then that's mm. when we were able to sort of work it, and then mm. you know Matt. You know, Matt's been great. He's been plugging away and got it. Matt's got experience. He's Matt's worked at a bunch of other print shops, and so he's you know he's used to an auto. He's another yeah. Um, Taz's that was what everyone had okay. kind of used before Donovan. The the, the blue wave came, <laughs> which is Donovan. Um, is that what you've got at the Taz? No, we've got we got a red wave. If I can put it that way. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we got an Anatol. Uh, that that's from Howard. Hey, that's from Howard. Yeah, yeah, that's a ten color twelve station. So 10 um, means it's really an eight color. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. You pretty much we run lose two, two flashes straight away. Yeah, same with Soda Wee. Yeah. yeah, we're on two flashes. We're looking to get a um, Stampinator on it as well. Oh, cool. Um, but we're also looking, hopefully, to go to a rock next as well. If we oh, okay. step up to the next one. I was, I'd like to kind of try it out. I mean, it's it's all new to me, as I said earlier. And Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, M&R. Taz, Anatole, Rock. I mean, you know, is there a best of breed? Well, maybe it depends on what you're doing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we're currently sitting with Anatole. We love it. It's fast. It works well. The guys that I'm in a, perhaps a similar situation to you in that I don't do any printing at all now. Yeah. And again, I'd be a bit stuck. I could probably do, like you said, a one color. But if you gave me a couple of, I'd be like, how do you register this again? Um, yeah. So my daughter runs that with a team um, and I run the business now. So, but they, they love it. They, they swear by it. They can kick out generally 600 an hour, not, mm. not a nine color job. You know what I mean? Like a two or three color job. They do 600 an hour quite, quite happily on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it works well, but yeah. sounds, I, sounds quite from, similar. Yeah. From our perspective, um, even though we talk about volume and the capacity, we're never going to get, we're never going to push it to that. We're not that's hot. And don't take this the wrong way. That's how you, if you've got to get 600 an hour out, that's awesome. Like I'd, in a way, I'd love to be in that position where we had that much work, that that's the volume that we needed to run at. Um, but kind of one of the key things from using the machine was for us to still print at the standard that we yes. have been printing at as, as hand printers. And I think the advantage you have of having a handprint experience moving up is you kind of, you know, you know, like 
for us, we never used to have high whites. That was something we were just like, oh, it's a waste of screens, you know, like we just double hit it. But yeah. now with the high whites on everything, and you know, you've got that, you've just got that, there's so many little intricacies and the yeah. pressures and, you know, you talk about the Stampinator. We just bought a roller squeegee from Action Engineering. So that yeah. just comes straight off and it's hot, hot rolls. And that just, you know, that- yeah, Hot rolls, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, that. so you just, essentially we just have it, not at the cool down, but it's the next, that's Sorry. the next um turn that off. Yeah, it's, it's we, probably we've a bit got cheaper. a roller. But a roller frame, yeah. So we just it doesn't hot roll, sorry. So we just have it so that when it comes off the cooldown station's there, then it's on the next head. So Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean it's it's, it's, it's not gonna be the hot roll thing. I mean, M and R have a version of that um roller thing as well. Um yep. the challenge you have is like if you do have a job, like we've had a couple of jobs that are eight colours, so we have to take the that we have to take that um, roller frame out, and then yep. you know if you had the stampinator on, you're kind of like you're locked in, you know, unless you can be bothered taking it on or off. But I guess if you've got those two spare heads, you kind of it's all good. So it's it's going to be a bit of an experiment for us. That I'm quite intrigued by them. Um, mm. Joel, I was talking to Joel at PSI in Sunshine in a Dark um, Label now. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's now the rock uh, dude for Australia. Oh, sorry, they rebranded over the weekend. Oh, did they? Yeah, they, they're, oh. now, they're now called Dark Label, which I understand from a dark kitchen perspective. Do you know the concept behind a dark yeah. kitchen? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, ah, okay. I get it. I, I probably need to double check with Joel first that that's what the reasoning is behind it. I don't want to put a, a meaning behind it when it doesn't, when it may not be that. But um, well, dark dark label. PSI, form, formerly known as PSI, yeah, yeah, using yeah. a Stampinator. Yeah. Uh, but he said to me they're still using the Flash. So he says his guys aren't fully confident that the Stampinator will work on its own without a Flash. So they Flash it, and then what would be the, the cool-down station, or in your case, the roller um, station, they mm. just stick the Stampinator in there, and it, it yeah. just does the job. So I'm yeah. in, intrigued to see how it works. Um Okay, so you went up to toward a year and a half ago, but you're running manuals before that. You're still running manuals as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 great. You still have two manuals, and then we also do poster printing, um, like tour poster stuff. Um, yeah, the fine art yeah. printing, that sort of thing, and then is that on a flatbed screen. Yeah, it's, it's called a CS clamshell. Um, ben, uh, he did his apprenticeship on it, so he. He he knows how it all works. I don't. I look at it and go, I can't even turn the thing on. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's all air driven, and so we've done. You know, we've done posters and all sorts of stuff, bit of fine art printing, and um, it's good. It's, it's kind of hard to have both. Um, okay. Because your screens, you know, yeah, I like both, but you know, the poster printing kind of really needs to be in its own standalone space. Um. That's climate controlled. <laughs> it's okay, free, and it's um, yeah. Poster printing and t-shirt printing in the same room is really messy. And um, the trouble we had with poster printing in the old shop was, in the mornings the temperature would be eight degrees, and then by ten o'clock the sun would come up over the building next to us, and then it'd be twenty six. And paper expands and contracts really simply, uh, really easily. So you yeah. get like you might get one or two mil expansion in the paper and then that puts your rego out mm -hmm. and then you just you, you're cooked you know so you, you waste all this time so um our new space here we doubled the space so we went from like 269 
had one roller door and everything came through the office and now we've got 370 and four roller doors i've got my own car park we've got kind of a loading nice. dock we've got a compound it's a kind of like a compound setup um some of the one of the major things that we changed was in the old shop you'd go you'd come into the office which was the kitchen and receiving and dispatch and everything you'd go straight down into the uh into the studio and right to your right was the washout booth so that room that wall was on the back of the office so when joel our art director he'd be working he'd have the gurney and that right behind and then the guys i had to buy the guys earmuffs it was so loud <laughs> yeah i had to I, wow. I, you know how you, you kind of gradually go i'm gonna buy a better something we gradually kept buying the better gurneys and eventually i was like all right i'm gonna buy a commercial grade gurney i bought this karcher one and it's awesome but its volume went from like 60 decibel, which is still quite loud, to like over 100. So everyone had to have earmuffs. And so now yeah, what we have true. in our car park, it's on our Instagram. We had, I was like, you, you, we, I basically ran a shipping container and traditionally shipping containers open from the ends, but they have these other ones and you can open it from the middle. So we've parked it on one of our roller doors. So you can put the roller door up, you can open it from the inside. And that's where our screen room is. You could take the screen straight in and then on the other side, it yes. opens outside. So okay. the, the good thing with that was like it was an instant wet room. So we didn't have to worry about making a mess because they don't give a shit as long as they get it back, you know? Yeah, right. That's a really cool idea. I never thought of that. That's genius. It, it, it It's purely because I have a car park. Like I have a, you know, um, a crew. Space and, yeah, otherwise I'd like, I, I wouldn't know what to do. But the other one was just like, the old shop just kind of, I remember walking into it going, wow, this is so big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then by the time we were leaving, I was like, you couldn't, you couldn't we had racking and everything. It was, it was good, but, um, you know, we'd get a delivery and it'd come on a pallet that would sit out the front all day and we'd have to oh, wheel it in and move it in and out. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like that. So, We've yeah. hit that stage now, same yeah. deal. I mean, we weren't, like I said, initially... We weren't planning to get an auto. Then we moved in here and thought, this is fantastic. You can, we were in a garage, double garage before. Mm-hmm. And then we got the eight color and decided we need something bigger. And then we got the auto and just did not realize, you know, well, we knew what space it was going to take up, but we didn't think we're still going to need a lot of space for stock. Mm. <laughs> so we're just jam packed. We're, we're starting to look, we're hoping to move in February. We've got a couple of places that we're pretty keen on. Um, which will travel us again, which will be nice. Yeah. But yeah. it is a it is a real problem, all of that. Um, now just can I just take you back to one quick thing, just to get some technical advice? You mentioned you you switched your gurney over to Karja. Yeah, uh, we which went from one... a domestic Bunnings bought Karja. Like okay, which one the... did you go to? Oh, I'd have to dig it out. It's literally oh, okay. got, it comes with a roll cage. It's like it literally it sits on the wall. It's grey, and it's just. It's literally one on off. It doesn't do anything else. It doesn't come with all of the stupid shit that you get with it. Like I've got a box of like attachments that you get from constantly buying shitty gurneys. And the the probably the the number one trick. And my old boss Andy, who I worked with in Melbourne, um, it's like as soon as you finish with the gurney, you turn it off and you, you you click the gun, and that releases the pressure on the gurney. And otherwise, it sits in this constant like fight or flight state. And that's yeah. how they that's how they die essentially. Because um, we currently go through a couple of them a year, and it's just doing my head in. 
it must be a better thing but yeah look maybe i'll get that detail off you later about what yeah i can i can definitely share it with you i mean this one is still not the you, know, you can spend thousands of dollars on them you, the guy because this one's serviceable that's what kind of why i got it he's like oh yeah you probably got another three years and then you need to upgrade i'm like three years dude i can do that yeah that's pretty but good he's trying to it was trying to get me to push over to a hot water one i'm like dude i don't need any extra shit in here yeah. <laughs> it's like a hot water gurney is like it's kind of a waste you know yeah I mean, we consume so much i mean you would know yourself you know the challenge you would have had being in your shed is like how do you power stuff you know by pure coincidence the people that were in this complex where i am in the building um they were kitchen they made kitchens so i remember coming in here and i was like they had like a 40 foot shipping container which is what they were using to spray the timber and they had cnc routers and all sorts of stuff but what they what they had is they had airlines so this this place already had um air compressor lines in here it actually had an air it had an air compressor and a rec air receiving tank and I remember when they moved out, they just moved all their shit out to the side here because there's another car park on the side. And I went outside and I was like, oh, what are you guys doing with that the air compressor, the chiller and the air receiving tank? And they're like, oh, we, we're getting rid of it. And I was like, oh, can I, how much do you want for it? And he's like, you know, five grand. I was like, dude, I don't have five grand, but I know that that stuff's worth that. So we literally, uh, Donovan from M&I, he was helping us move all the stuff. We, we just picked it all up and put it straight back where it was and plugged it straight back in. And then I had, I had airlines. So the whole shop has got like airlines going everywhere. And yeah, you know, that stuff is gift. just insane amounts of money to spend on that stuff. It's, it's, yeah. You know, so that is, yeah, it's very fortunate. We don't, yeah. we don't use air. We're using fully electric on this. We're running. Ah, right. That's the, that's more, the, that's the power. Electric. Yeah. Is it what yeah. sort of power does it run? Oh, it's massive. Um, <laughs> yeah well i mean it's got two flashes which of course is part of the problem and as you know yeah. those kind of flashes as quartz they peak very quickly mm -hmm. so i think they draw down 40 amps and then drop down to like 25 mm -hmm. you know when they come on and then yeah off. Yeah. so you got to get the right um circuit breakers for that the actual unit itself i think is about 35 amps if you had yeah, all cool. 10 heads going yeah um yeah but yeah but it just, would be quiet right Oh, it's running now. You can probably hear it beeping, but obviously, like it's literally, you know, yeah, so when tiny the, offices. These things, they're like, you just hear it constantly. Which I personally, I'm like, cool. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Go, you good thing. Print. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the printing bench that we have, um, it runs on power, uh, on air as well. So, you know, um, I don't think I would, yeah. I mean, we went with M&R because it, this package came up with secondhand, you know, and nice. it was a good it was a good deal. And But, you know, we have our manuals at M&R and Donovan, who's the M&R rep. I don't know if you know Donovan at all. I've he's heard a, of him. I've not, not met him yet. Yeah, he's kind of like, um, I remember when I first heard about him, he was running um, Pam Manel's shop, T1, and he was like this urban myth. <laughs> and he's this massive dude he's got arms like anyway he shook my hand and nearly broke it and um <laughs> the legend of donovan yeah and then it just became you know like he's such a he's, he knows so much and um you know not that i wouldn't look at rock or any of the other brands i mean when we were looking i don't even know if anatole was here and that but you know rock definitely was i know joel had the only one and i know that they're obviously bringing in more um but i just you know 
you know, I'm, you know, when you listen to shirt show and all that, everyone's like, is it green or blue? And it's like majority yeah. of them are blue. And it's like, it is what it is. As long as it works, I think, you know, as long as you can use it, <laughs> that's the, yeah. that's the trick, you know. I feel there are advantages. As, as, I'm just trying to research it again now. And mm. particularly around things like CTS, I think their advantages are going to M&R and rock. And, um, and I guess it just depends, doesn't it? How you grow and, if you're like me and you don't have any other experience in anything else, you think this is fabulous. And I, and I do, I think it's a great press that we've got, but um, finding out the detail, particularly in Australia is pretty hard. Like if you haven't got a Donovan, you haven't got a Howard, you know, yeah. and they're no, also that's... selling stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like got to do their, their bit. So getting to the yeah. bottom of it all. But for me, I think what matters more than anything is getting support. Yeah. You know, if they're running it, for us, it is a numbers game, and we certainly want to keep that quality. But we're just—that's why we need a second press. We can't keep up with it. Mm. Um, but if it conks out, we're all back on an eight-color manual. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's annoying. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about that service. You know, from my perspective, you know, Donovan's not far from us. You can ring him and video chat, and he'll can pretty much fix it. Or he sends down Phil. Phil's this. Um, a beautiful man who's got so much experience in everything, make mixing ink and just, he, I could just ring him up and I'm like, Phil, how do I print a yoga mat? And he's like, well, you just do this and this and this. And he works with Donovan. And so that's, you know, that's where the thing is. And a bunch of my mates have got MRs, you know, like uh, here and overseas. And so, you know, my old boss, Andy, where I worked at in, in screenplay, he's got two, you know, so I can just ring him up and he's like, yeah, just try this. And I was like, okay, man. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of just that familiar, being familiar with the, the product. Um, you know, I know Taz was like, that was the one that everyone was like, yeah. that's 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 the entry point. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah. I think this... the other thing, sorry, your CTS okay. stuff, you know, like I think the only thing you kind of really need to do is make sure that you don't cross, you know, if you go green, you stay green, you know, if you go blue, you stay blue. You don't iron mix and you yeah. know that's the other thing like the cruises the pallets that are on the cruiser fit on them um yeah. on them on the machine the and, yeah. you know when i got the machine as part of the package it, it had a full set of boards full set of sleeves full set of kids boards and a full set of adult oversized boards wow. you know okay. and that fits on everything you know so you, if you were going to stay true to the brand i'm sure you could get anatole and a bit bigger and they make all the same sort of stuff it just depends on your price point you know what i mean so it does, yeah. And I think um, best, but yeah, it's like you should never drink, mix your drinks, right? But I guess <laughs> I'm point. in the, yeah, I'm in the, the business of trying to find out what works better for us. But oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 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 May find it's worse, may find it's better. I don't know. It's such a, a difficult thing because you do want to kind of really, you want to have a go on all these things and really see and understand and work out, you know, how does it work with a 10 color job? How does that work with a, you know, yeah. this size platinum or whatever it may be, but it's yeah. really hard to do in Australia. Let's have you thought about going to made, yeah. uh, the Maid Lab? Have you thought about going over to I have Austin? thought about a couple of, couple yeah. of different things in the US to go to and, and yeah. try out, but it, it's, again, it's massive cost. And I don't know, I've, I'm sort of a rank amateur when it comes to the screen printing side, but yeah, I do. I do think to. that, you know, like, if you're going to go down the path of investing in this stuff, like if you think about a couple of grand to go over to look at it is, if you can afford it or, you, or, you know, you got say, Joel, okay, man, like I'm interested. 
but I'm coming up for a couple of days and I'm going to stand there. You take your daughter, if you said your daughter's running the shop, you take yeah. her up and she stands there and she runs the machines with the guys that are running it. And then you go, you know what? You find another shop that's got M&R that can let you go in and have a go and you hit, hit up Donovan and say, all right, man, like I'm keen. Like what's the, let, let's have a go, you know, because if you get it wrong, you're in the hole, you know, it's and, a massive and that's, the, that's the problem with it, you know. I, I know I went over to the... Um, the impression trade show. At, um, oh yeah, cool. Just before COVID, actually, I think it was the year of COVID. Um, my my wife and I were expecting our second child, and I was like, I want to go. She goes, You have to go now. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter was like one and a half or two, and um, um, she's like, If you're gonna go, you got to go now. So you know, I went over and saw all the machines. The M and R machines were just off the charts. The digital squeegee hadn't been bought out just yet. And, um, but even just to go into that place and just see what you can get. And, you know, there's brands over there of machines that we don't even hear of over here. Oh, really? So, yeah, like Workhorse. There was this one called a Browns, and it looked like it had, like, at, at one point it would have been cutting edge. <laughs> but, but, you know, apparently they're pretty solid machines, but they just looked awful. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go down that one. But, you know, just the different T-shirts and all the that PMI tape. You know, the split tape. Have you seen that at all? Yeah, yep, we've used have all that stuff yep. and just you know, it was just amazing embroidery machines. And it was just so cool to be to be there and to see it. You know, so yeah, I have to try and get the time really. Apart from anything else, um, can we go back a couple of clicks? Sure. Um, you mentioned that you you, you lived in Melbourne for twenty six years. Oh, you Canberra, then... Canberra for sorry, Canberra. Yeah, and then you went to I think you studied. You said. Um, in Ultimo, in, in, so it's yeah, Sydney, uh, Sydney, I lived in I lived in Canberra. Sorry, I lived in Canberra. Moved up to Sydney just when I turned twenty six, and then I spent five and a bit years living in Sydney. And Screen then, printing at that point? No, no. I was a. Uh, I moved up to work in a call center. I was working in Canberra for Jones Lang Lasalle, which is commercial real estate. And yep. then um, I, I, the, the the story goes, I was working in a cafe that sold coffee to customs offices in Canberra. I then worked, I'd worked in the building as a building maintenance man in the customs house. And then I got a job internally with Jones Lang LaSalle and I moved to Sydney and I worked on the call center that serviced the customs buildings and they had like, like six or seven government contracts. And then I applied to become a customs officer and that's what, and then I moved over and became a customs officer in Sydney out of the airport, um, helping people import what's called personal effects and private assessment. So if you were buying, say, this rock, you were importing it direct from the US or wherever it is, you have to come to Customs House and if you don't have a customs broker and you pay, um, it's an entry for goods, so you have to declare it and then you have to pay the taxes on it, essentially, and you have to pay the duty and GST. So the custom, Customs is the second highest revenue earner behind the tax department. And so that's what I used to do was help people wow. import cars, bull semen, random shit magazines um yeah like barley it was it was right then it was everyone was importing barley balinese furniture so it was heaps of balinese furniture um just random stuff and then the other thing is like if you ever travel and you you, you say you lived in the uk for two or three years you come back you bring your backpack back but then there's all your other stuff that has to be that has to get customs clearance as well so yeah. that was the other thing we did and then i did that for like three years and then yeah. um yeah, got leave without pay, and that's when I went to London and stayed there for twelve months. Worked in a pub. Whereabouts? Uh, Where were you in I lived in Shoreditch. Yeah. Shoreditch. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I'd still be there. Well, that's actually probably not. 
I don't know if my kidney would have survived. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I don't know if I was would have survived. That was about 2005 to 2007. And then yeah. I came back. Um, I came back. Uh, I um, went back to Canberra and um, sobered up and yeah. spent some time there with my mum. And then just worked really hard and then moved down to Melbourne. And I was living in Brunswick East. And then I ended up, work, I was working as a barista. And then I got a job at um, Screenplay, which was the shop I worked at in Fitzroy and worked yep. there for a while. And then I met my, my she's now my wife. I met my um, Shakira, my wife down there. And she was living in Sydney and I was in Melbourne. And then she won this cruise to go around the Greek islands. And um, she asked me if I could go. And I was like, we'd been together for about eight months. And I was like, yeah, I'll come. But the only condition is that um, I'm going to, we should live together when I come back. So she flew into Melbourne on a Sunday, helped me pack my panel van up and we drove it up to Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then on the Tuesday, we flew out and when we sailed around the Greek islands and um, that was the most time we spent together. And then I came back and moved in with her. And then, yeah, then I was back in Sydney. So, which was fine because I had a bunch of friends and stuff here. But um, yeah, I then... Um, started the business um, on Nice. Do you know of Nice at all? It's a it's called the New Initiative, New New Enterprise Initiative Scheme, and it still runs now. But you basically get on the dole, and then you can do a small business course. And right. so, for the twelve months that you do this, you don't have to you don't have to apply for jobs. You basically get your dole money. So I did dole. like a yeah, I did I did like a ten week um, small business course with this grand vision of like starting this print shop, um, totally just made up all these numbers, expecting to make all this money. And I think it's a little bit harder now. You actually have to try and make the money. But um, right. I, I lived, I, I worked out of Redfern, I shared a studio with two artists, a guy called Andy and another guy called Alex. And I used to print teas. <laughs> that's, a, that's I had this carousel that my buddy Sim had bought me about oof, eight years before. It was awful. It was so bad. Um, but I just kept storing it at friends' houses while I was away. It went to like three or four people's houses and it had these, it's like someone had made it, welded it together and it had to tighten it. You had to get a spanner and like these like T things. You had to tighten it in. And oh, okay. Yeah, and that's, that's how I started the studio. Um, yeah. But you had the ambition by the sound of it, you know, by then you really had a kind of vision about where you wanted to go with this. Or you're I just had, mucking around. It's, yeah. It sounds like you had a vision. Uh, to be honest, um, you can ask any of my friends from the prior to going to London, all I, like my memory serves me pretty good. All I talked about was starting a print shop or printing. You know, Isle 6 wasn't a screen print shop. It was a label. That's what I wanted it to be. Okay. Um, I have a love for Mambo. That's my gateway drug. And I used to, when my first job, was working at Franklin's and I used to walk out on a Wednesday or whenever I'd got get my pay and I'd go and pay for the t-shirts that I'd had on hold with the local surf shop at, in, at Woden Plaza in Canberra. And then that just became my thing. And that's what aisle six was going to be that. So, you know, the name aisle six comes from that shop. I, when I was a, I used to be an aisle boy and I always thought um, aisle six was the aisle where all the cool shit was. That's what aisle six stands for. Got it. So, right. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's that's Got what it. it stands for. Um, that's very um, cool. Yeah, and then, um, so I gradually, you know, I had I was also doing this art event, and when I was in London, I linked up with this guy called Terry, and he was putting on this event called Secret Wars, 
Um, and it was a live art battle. And so two artists, um, like an MC battle, but two artists would be on a black wall, a white wall, sorry. They had 90 minutes to battle draw um, to kind of take the piss out of each other. So if your name was MC, if, you're, if your artist name was, I don't know, Sam I am, then I'd take the piss out of you and you could take the piss out of me. And then after 90 minutes, there'd be two judges and a crowd vote. And so I worked with him on that for pretty much two years while I was in there. And then I came back and um, with the help of Shakira and some other friends, Brad and Chris, we got that event happening in Sydney at a bar in, um, in Darlinghurst. And that just kicked off. It was huge. We, we ended up getting, you know, hundreds of people every month. And I met heaps. Of, I mean, I knew some artists, but through that, I ended up meeting all these amazing artists and just all these, like we, we ended up doing like live art events for um, Grilled and Australian Open and Optus. And, and so off the back of that, I kind of got this network of people to sort yes. of work with. And then, you know, our first clients were artists and tattoo artists and stuff like that and then um and Shakira was working for Channel V at the time and so I started printing the Channel V crew shirts and then yeah that's that's kind of how it started and that's did that's those the... customers come to you or did you like obviously you had those contacts but did you hit them up for work or did they say for the, hey. for the live art stuff they kind of well it kind of became a bit underground-ish. We ended up doing events in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, or in, in total, we did five, five six-month-long series. So we started off at this was called um, No Name Bar in Darlinghurst. We did that. And then we went down to Melbourne and we did it down in Melbourne for six months. And then we did another one in Sydney at the Oxford Art Factory and then back to Melbourne and then back to Sydney. And we were just about to start doing it in Brisbane and Adelaide and Perth, but there was a, we couldn't, Terry, the guy who started it, he wouldn't give me, he wouldn't let me run it how I wanted to run it. Yeah. He had his own way. And so I, I, I just walked away from it and pulled the pin. Oh, but if you go to YouTube, there's like Secret Wars Australia, there's like videos of every event. It was, it was awesome. You know, had so you much definitely fun. Definitely check that out. Yeah. So the, 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 the corporate side of it was a bit of a, um, that kind of came off the back of it. And so we ended up doing like, um, there's other projects that came off the back of it. One of our good friends, Cam Scale, he ended up doing um, uh, the livery, liveries, the design on the car. He did the first Pepsi Max um, supercar off the yeah. back of that. And then, yeah, we just, there was kind of, there was a big movement at the time for like live art and, you know, yeah, we did yeah. some stuff for LG. We did some live art for LG at their events. We did live art for like corporate events and, you know, so that was kind of supplementary to the print shop. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, the print shop kind of won. <laughs> it's sort of where I am now. So, yeah. You feel like that this print shop's more stable then in terms of revenue and support, less travel and set up, tear down, that kind of thing. Um. To be honest, when Secret was finished, it broke my heart because I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved the interaction. I loved um, meeting all the beautiful people that I met. And I loved, I just loved being in that space. And, you know, but, you know, printing has always been my, like my absolute passion, you know, as a, a, the, the, the challenge with being the business owner is I don't, like you, I don't print. And I, I realize that now that, my strength is not in printing. Matt and Ben, they're amazing, you know, um, the guys that print. So I kind of have to 
let that go. I mourn it a little bit. And every now and then I might bust out and do like a one color pocket or something or do some size labels or try and print my own stuff. But, you know, yeah. super hard technical stuff. Like I, I can't even touch. I struggle to register. I've always struggled to register. <laughs> just, this is just, I don't know what it is. I just, I'm too impatient. So, um, you know, so that's why Matt and Ben do what they do. So, yeah, but the, the print, you know, the t-shirts and all that sort of stuff, you know, some of the people we print for and that it's, it's so it's, it's really rewarding what I mean. So yeah, I, I love our clients. I love it when we get to new, new, new projects, you know, so. What is your typical client now though? Give us an idea of what, because mm. it seems to me that you're, you know, rightly hanging on to the art um, feel at least of your, your brand and, and, and the type of prints you're doing. Is yeah. A reflection of the type of customer you have. Less yeah. Stuff more. Yeah. Um, it's probably moved. It's definitely moved away from the street label, the streetwear stuff that we used to do a lot of that, but I feel like that's kind of changed in the industry anyway, because people would be like, here's 10 designs, like do 50 of each, you know, and that, that would be what we would, some of the people used to print for. Now yeah. it's more, um, uh, it's kind of like the craft beer people, the coffee people. Um, yeah. But it's also kind of like the ad agency that has a couple of different people they work for. We might do stuff with them. Um, or, you know, like Cindy Sin is a great example. We we print his own label and then we, we, we might get referrals from people he's done artwork for and stuff like that. Um, if I was to look on press at the moment, we're doing some stuff for a motorcycle club um and um a bowling alley and we're about to do this massive order for this big car event that's happening in august and then um but we've you know we do all the t-shirts for um this, the mardi gras the sydney gay mardi gras which we've been doing for about four years um yeah. we just did t-shirts for sydney film festival um you know for the volunteers so it's hard to know um I'm finding that people are being the quality. The people are okay with the quality. They want good quality, but if I quote and you quote and your quote's fifty cents cheaper, they're going to go with you. <laughs> so that's the yeah. that's the little challenge we have at the moment. Yeah. You know, AS Colors just put their prices up again. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so yeah, there's the challenge around trying to maintain what we do at the level that we do it at but also be competitive you know we sit in between smaller shops and I, it's hard to explain to you what that is but you know the guy that's got his carousel and he prints in his shed and all that sort of stuff you know we're bigger than that in Wollongong there's us there's another guy in North Wollongong there's a shop down in Albion Park um, there's a couple other little shops so we're kind of the I feel like we're one of the bigger shops here but if when we we're in Sydney we were a small shop and you know you've got the likes of Texas Aardvark, which has got eight or eight or nine, fourteen color autos. You've got Pam at T1; she's got four. You know her shop um, was pretty much the, the the most tech shop going around. And then you've got Sweatshop, which is Vance and, and Jamie's shop. You know I think they've got three or four autos and a digital squeegee. You know, right. and that shop's that shop. You know dedicated staff mixing ink you know like when you get that sort of space like you know you're trying to compete with that and if anything that's moving out of it it feels like we're kind of like all right you guys can 
you guys can have all that up there you know um you know you've got the you know junior at fresh cheese his shop's going up and up you know his his shop's got he's got a great space and um yeah it's 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 challenging to know exactly what our market is you know i know what we don't like doing which is promo <laughs> yeah right yeah. polo shirts and you know yeah. like stuff like that but you know that doesn't mean you wouldn't I'm say not... no though would you i mean you'd still that's that. what it is like you know we you know one of our the two hashtags we had for a while was death to digital and always yeah. handprint what was the second Al one always handprint yeah so always handprint was like that was what we started with and you know like if you were to go back on instagram and look at that hashtag you know we we're there as sort of the number one and that was our thing it was like ah oh, don't don't use the auto but now it's like you know like i've got a couple of quotes out at the moment the 10 12 colors for 30 shirts you know like a super color transfer in that space is like it's it's a no-brainer you know Absolutely. like we I, I i doubt we would ever we're never going to get a digital a director garment um i'd much rather just outsource it to say someone like junior you know because he's got yeah. it all he you knows how to do it all but the, the director film stuff is really good. As far as doing it internally, I don't think we'd ever do it, but Supercolor is just too good to not. Yeah, it's amazing. Make. We do the same. Yeah. Incidentally, you know, what do you do when you get that customer on for 30 Ts and it's a it's a full color image and you think, yeah, I'm going to have to switch this to a Supercolor. Quote them. How, how I just you, quote them. I quote them. I'm like, yeah. We changed from Printavo over to Hoops about six months ago. Okay. That's the shop management software. I'm not sure yep. what you use. Hoops has got this great feature where you can just duplicate a quote and then just change the parameters and it sits within one quote. You just send it as a group. And so all I would do is I would quote, you know, this job, six six colors, screen setup, 60 bucks a go or 55 or whatever it is for 30 shirts. You know, you're looking at, you know, $30 a shirt or whatever it is. Or you can have this one, which is one screen setup. And it makes the t-shirt $16 or $20 or whatever it is. Yeah. You decide. If you want the 36 color That's thing, That's cool. We'll do yeah. it. Um, but it's punishing. <laughs> it's punishing for 30 shirts. You know what I mean? Um, whereas before I would never have even considered it. I was like, it's, it's screen print only. Now yeah. I'm like, you know, you've got to work smarter, you know, in that space. So um, do you feel like the customer gets it or, you know, do you spend any time? Like I did one of those quotes this morning, exactly that it was 50. It was a picture of a, a go-kart, like a racing go-kart full mm. background, full color. And I thought, yeah, okay. Super color. I did the price, sent the quote, got the mock-up out to them. And I just put a little note saying, this is a super color transfer, not a screen print. And I was like, at that point where I'm like, maybe I should explain what the difference is. And I didn't, I let it go. Mm. And we'll see whether that comes back. But do you kind of, try and educate the customer on that or just put it out and say, well, you depends know, who it is. It, is. <laughs> it depends who it is. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I, I'm just like, this is what it is. It's a transfer. This is what we offer for this. If you don't want it, like that's okay. Yeah. But you know, um, I'm tending to be over, um, I tend to over deliver on that sort of stuff and give people more information. And I think that's, you know, when we're thinking, you know, you send a quote and I send a quote and sorry, not use like two, two companies send a quote. One's just a, it's this, this is what it is. The other ones, well, this is what it is. And this is why we've chosen that. And this is the information and this is the supplier. Like 
in my mind, I'm going to go with the one that's given you the more information, you know, so yeah. the customer gets to make that decision and yeah. nine times out of 10, they're, they're not that worried about it. So but, you know, if I can give them a bit more information um, and that's kind of some of the stuff that like you, you talk about what's your point of difference. It's like, you know, like you could email every shop and they can give you a price, but you know, how is the communication internally and how, how does it work and is it on time and is the price um because yeah. you know, i know like where it's slightly more expensive than others but you know i don't know if you've ever emailed shops to see what everyone else charges um not really yeah i, I did in the past but not not now i wouldn't wouldn't bother yeah it's hard i mean it's hard to know like you know everyone can get as color everyone can get Gildan, everyone can get Raymo, everyone can get Sportage or whatever it is, you know, but um, just trying to figure out what your point of difference is and trying to educate people, you know. Well, I do. I mean, I had one of those recently where, and I, and I just hate it, you know, can you do any better on price? You think, well, okay, yes, I can. I could do a lot better, but am I going to? It's an order for 100, you know, whatever it is, nothing too complex, let's say. But what I reply now is, um, we can do better, but can you? What you're paying for isn't just the garment and the print, mm. which want to be top quality. It's mm. actually the customer service. And right yeah. now, you're experiencing the front end of that. What happens at the back end? You can go to yeah. someone else that might be cheaper, but if their garments are crap or the you know the print's garbage or misplaced or whatever, or arrives late, which can happen, mm. and that's what you're really paying for, that kind of stuff. And do you want a partnership with us or not? You know, yeah. like someone comes on and says, oh, well, we're going to sell a million of these, but right now we want 20 <laughs> or, you know, that kind of thing. Everyone goes, oh, no, one of those people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, do you really want to part with, partner with us? We're happy for you to grow your business. We're happy to grow it with you in the bit that we do. But yeah. don't expect us to become a charity. You know what I mean? That's how I kind of not. not yeah, feel, I'm getting. But... Um, I, I kind of swing. It's hard because. You know, I had a client recently and he's like, oh, someone's given me this price. I want to be fair and transparent with you. We've been printing for them for a little while. Do you think that this is reasonable? What do you think? And I looked at it and it like it knocked a hundred, hundred odd dollars off what I had quoted. And normally I'd be like, dude, I'm not going to price match this, but this particular client has five pubs, you know? And I'm yeah, like, there's a business question here. I'd already yeah. printed for him. You know, I'm like, yeah, no worries. And I'm literally, I was like, no worries. I can give you this for this instance. Moving forward, let's work on the rack rate so you understand what you're up for. Mm. And for me, it's about, you know, my relationship with you is mm. the value in the business. If yeah. you just want a, a director garment or whatever it is, no offense to the direct garment printers watching this, but, you know, like if you just, yeah, if you're not fussed, then I'm not your shop. <laughs> and yeah. that's probably the thing I've been working on in the last um, um, sort of 18 months is like, I can't print every t-shirt. I can't, you know, like a client that I, I you know, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm, 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 what's the word? I like to watch what's happening on Instagram. I like to see what everyone's doing and I like to see what my clients are doing. And if as a client that we've been printing for and they've chosen to use a different printer, I, I don't mind, but when they come back to me, I'm like, okay, well, we had this relationship. Yeah, <laughs> what, what happened? What's yeah. happened? I, and I've started on my emails. I'm like, hey, like I haven't heard from you. That's fine. If you've gone with someone else, can you just let me know? 
And I'm saying that to like, I'm like, all right, I can close that job inquiry down. And then the other things, if they tell me, I'm like, what was the reason? <laughs> what was it? Was it yeah. too much money? Was it you didn't like me? Or not personally, but I'm, you know, so yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, do a bit of like, get a bit of feedback so I can kind of um, adjust on the run. So, but I, I'm like you in that sense. It's like, oh, what, what's your best price? I'm like, I don't even know your name. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. are you? Who are you? Who yeah. are you? You know, my general workflow from looking from a quote is like, I'll get the quote. And the first thing I'll do is I'll copy that email address into the website to see who they are, to see what they do, to see what the company is, to see yeah. if it's, you know, like if they've got 50,000 followers or whatever, I'm like, okay, cool. So they're a legit business. If they've just started, I'm like, okay, I can be a little bit, you know, not tougher, but I'm like, I'm not going to necessarily work as hard, but, you know, yeah. I've also done it for everyone. I don't want to feel like I'm... Um, you know creating favorites or anything but you know um yeah it's hard i like to try and respond really quickly and sometimes that gets me in trouble <laughs> so yeah um Without but i do i do love the client i love the client you know we very rarely get feedback um as positive feedback i should say <laughs> oh, okay yeah I, I just find people are happy to tell you when something goes wrong um i'm not quite sure how to court the positive responses I mean, do you, is that something you guys do do you have like a, a a positive sort of google sort of follow-up is that how it works we do, yeah we're, we're selective so uh, this is a probably a bit cheap in a way you're probably not getting a good sense of it but when a customer writes back and says hey just got the teas love them thanks so much really appreciated the experience they get an email straight back the standard template that just says thanks it's great can you please give us a review and that's worked because um, they have to, right? They've just, they've already just said how good. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? They're kind of like, yeah, oh no, I'm not yeah. going to review you. So they yeah. always do. But um, here's one I had. So I don't know how many reviews we got, probably not that many, but every one of them has been five star. And I felt a bit kind of counterfeit with that, you know, mm -hmm. like we can have someone. And occasionally you'll get that, you know, customer where it's gone Pete Tong. And you just have to fix it, right? It's just the way it is. Mm. And part of me thinks, oh, here's a bad review. Maybe that's a good thing. No, we better fix this. You know, this could go, you know, very bad. So we always fix it. Well, nearly always fix it within reason. But we had one last week. I told the guys, we all had a bit of a laugh about it. Exactly what I just said. The customer came on on the Monday. They needed them by Friday. They'd ordered them the week before, but they weren't actually going to get printed until Thursday. And I think it was Sydney. It wasn't for us. It wasn't, you know, delivery wasn't far. And I said, look, I'll speak to the guys. I'll, you know, see if we can get it moved up. And I think it was an easy print and they got it done and on. And it was there a day later. She wrote back and said, wonderful, great service. Really appreciate you pulling out the stops, et cetera. And I wrote back, hey, can we have the review? four stars no hmm. no words <laughs> you know no narrative just the stars and i almost wanted to phone and say what do you mean four stars like, <laughs> he just told us we were great but then you might get that person that's like yeah. well you know no one ever gets five stars in my book you know that kind of thing yeah but that's how we do it that's all we do and and it's just an email that directs them to our site that then has two you know ports of call one you can go to facebook and the other you can go to google and and drop it in but that's yeah. all we would do. We wouldn't chase a customer for a review ever. Yeah. You know, in terms of just going out there a bit bl more blind. Yeah. We only respond to their response. 
Yeah, I, I tend to, um, you know, sort of with hoops, you, you know, you send the emails and then there's a, it's like, hey, your thing's been shipped. If you want to, there's like a link to a survey form, a survey monkey thing, and then a Google thing. It's a bit, it's a bit hit and miss, to be honest. I, I, I as much as I'd like the review, I'd much rather a, a word of mouth referral. Like that to me has got That's way cool. more value, you know, yeah. and yeah. I literally was like, oh, I'm like, how did you find out about us? And they're like, oh, you know, Barry, Barry told me about you. I'm like, cool. And then the next time I see Barry, I'm like, hey, Barry, I've chucked in some extra shirts or he's a sticker or thanks, man. Like I've yeah. given you free screen setups yeah. or something like that. Like for me, the, the, the referral and the word of mouth has been like, that's how we've operated, you know, Instagram. I'm a tight ass for spending on, um, on ads and stuff like that. You know, we've just started, I've been working with this beautiful man called Dan and um, he's helping me with the electronic, the EDM, you know, the emails and the, yeah. that sort yeah. of stuff. And that's been really positive. And um, cause I used to be like, oh, I do one every four to six months and it had to have all these photos and it have, and he's like, no, you don't, you don't do that anymore, man. I was like, okay. <laughs> so we've been working on that sort of things, and then just trying so to be more consistent. What do you use for that? You use a cloud-based system for that? Yeah, we use Drip, um, the Drip. Drip email thing. We, it was, you know, everyone pretty much traditionally uses Mailchimp, but Dan has got lots of experience with Drip, and it's a little bit more expensive. He uses, he knows how to use it. I was like, dude, we we'll we'll talk. Literally, we'll zoom kind of like this, and he's like, "What do you want to? What do you want to email about today?" And I'm like, "Oh, let's talk about, you know, like we talked about the the prices for AS Color." He's like, "Right." So, and then we literally was talk like this, and then within 20 minutes, we've got an email, and he sent it, and he's like, "All right, what's the next thing we're working on?" You know, so um, yeah, Dan's impact has been really, really, really good. So he's an external consultant that you use. Yeah, he's um, what do he's he's a marketing strategist. That's what he said he was last time, but um. He's just a weapon. He's he knows so much about. I don't even he knows so much about shit. I don't even know existed, and um, um, yeah, he's just and he's a lovely guy, and I, I happily refer you if you want. He's he, yeah, no, it's all online. Love, love to get uh, in contact. We do that. We do it ourselves. I mean, it's a bit more of the background, um, the work that I've done before we got into this. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit more used to it, but probably don't have any of the intel that that he has. Yeah. We use Send in Blue, which is now they've just changed their name. Oh, I think they're called Evo or something other. Mm. Um, and that works fine. I mean, I feel like once you get in with one of those companies, you're paying the money and and the the shape of the data changes over time. So mm. you know, people are going to. Um, you know unlist me from this group unlist me from this group and you don't want to suddenly have to shift from that vendor to another vendor where you've started with all that information fresh so it kind of builds up a portfolio around the content you know yeah. in terms of the, the email contacts that you kind of end up having to stay with because you don't want to lose that um you know yeah i just i literally i just exported the mailchimp list and i imported it straight in the first email there was a little bit of a Thing. they're like oh what's your history who are you our mailing list is about 2200 um which is kind of inherited some of that content is from secret wars or secret walls is what it became um so we had the mailing list off the back of that and then you know i have got um through hoops every time i send a quote their email automatically goes to that list so it's like you know um 
you're just constantly adding to the thing is a you know it's a trigger like a um a zap that just just adds the email to the list they get sent an email saying they want to you know um whatever it is go in or go out yeah and then off you go so you know for every quote i send i'm adding to that list um i was really when i first started working with dan i was really paranoid about who's unsubscribed i was like dude you just have to let that go oh yeah people that don't want to read if people don't want to read your email you can't control it so now i don't you know i used to sit there and look at who'd opened it and make sure that i knew and then if a friend of mine had unsubscribed i'd be like what are you doing why are you unsubscribing from my (laughs) (laughs) but with the the change of it what the, the format change was going from like having all these really visual like scrolly things is like now you're basically sending an email that's like literally looks like an email it's like yes it just exactly opens what and, i do oh, that's yeah and I, I was like really he's like he's like yeah that's what you do and you know like the list is kind of leveled out now and more people are opening it and getting yeah. a good response you know and um that's what that's exactly i'm really pleased to hear that it's mm. exactly what we do we used to do all the big funky photos and we tailor it for each market we, so we um send to all our clients but we have data in different markets that yeah. we're trying to kind of grow so we might tailor one for the brewery market that mm. would go to a particular landing page with the brewery market and that worked well but it's just too you know you're trying to hit 15 markets or something it's just impossible to to spend that kind of amount of time but now i just do exactly what you're describing you know hey jim Sam here again. Um, just want to let you know AS color prices are going up middle of the month. It's We're going to hold that. this price to the end of the month. You know, yeah. give me a shout if you want anything. Here's a link to a deal we've got going at the moment. And that's yeah. all we do. We send stuff like that. Just yeah. text. Yeah. It's it's it when Dan explained it to me, I was like, it kind of makes sense because I was opening emails that just looked like emails, but then I'd get to the bottom and it'd be like, Oh, this thing is an offer from us. And I'd be like, Oh, they got me again, you know? And um <laughs> But what it did was it took the pressure off those emails because I was like, oh, I've got to have a new thing. I've got to make it look like this thing. And it's like, if people want to see what we do, you can just go to the website or Instagram and or, or whatever it is, yeah. whatever the version of it is today, you know. Um, and, you know, we've got so much content. We, you know, you can create content in five minutes in a print shop. It's not hard. It's to take a video of someone printing or a screen yeah. being recycled yeah. and stuff like that. But the challenge I have is like, I want to promote more of what we do and kind of tell more about the guys and you know who we are and all that sort of stuff but you know the guys also have to be willing to be come that you know and we've always we've always talked about us as a crew as a shop and that works for you sometimes and we also kind of need to be i mean i'm the i'm the owner so sometimes you have to have someone at the front you know kind of driving the bus which is you know good and bad um but yeah, I, I do love it. I love having the guys here and you know, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, so is your team big? Do you have many, many people? There's um, five full time. Yeah. Um, we just lost someone today who's part time. And we've got another guy who comes in on a Thursday and Friday and just does screens, mm-hmm. cleans, reclaims. And um, he doesn't, um, you know, degreases, he doesn't uh, coat them. Are you using Easy Way for that stuff? Uh, we're using um, no um, the Framar stuff. Oh, so it's similar. Yeah, it's you know one step dip tank. dip tanks and yeah, yeah. And then that. you wash it off, and then you put a spray on, and then wash it again. Yeah. Um, the process that we have is to cut out the ink. We'll use a um, a plastisol ink remover in the screen just to get the, the ink out. Ah. Five screens into the dip tank, 
usually it's a 15 second dip and it comes out when it's you know fresh chemical yeah and then um blast them out with the gurney um with the one that will burn out three months later (laughs) yeah um and then they just put the degreasing on wash that off put them in the drying rack in in our uh, we call it the tardis yeah Um, yeah we haven't got easy ways sorry easy ways the same but you don't have to you don't have to clean the screens don't have to take the ink off well you take the like you you take the ink out and put it back in the bucket yeah you don't have to do anything else so you don't have to you don't have to clean the shit off the screen the product i think it's called supra it you put it in the dip tank and it takes all of the emulsion and the ink and then that just sits at the bottom and then you take it off blast it and then it's got this it's called 701 it's like a shampoo conditioner and degrees are all in one and then you wash mm-hmm. it and then that just so you save kind of saving a step that's um, the yeah, Framo stuff's meant to do that but it doesn't get the ink off well enough yeah I, I mean are you getting that from jones brothers yeah so matt um he reps easy way as well so you could hit him up and say hey you'd yeah. have to change your whole system um but that step, you know, even taping the frames, we don't tape the frames. We just, we coat emulsion uh, edge to edge. To the edge. The whole yeah. thing. And then we block them out. Yeah. We just water-based block out. But we don't even, we used to tape frames. I used to get this like generic blue painter's tape. It was 13 bucks a roll. And I used to cry every time I had to order a box. And um, we just have these balls of tape. And, you know, you'd put it on. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then we went to an open house. Uh, Donovan from M&R used Pam's shop at T1 and had an open house and they had a couple of the guys name from easy way. And he was like, yeah, you just do this. And this. And I was like, dude, take, take that. I'll, I'll take that in about 20 seconds. Cause I've yeah. had various iterations of dip tanks. At one point I had a, um, a rubbish bin, you know, like your normal clean away rubbish bin. We just yeah. put, we kind of, they're not waterproof just so you know, so don't do this. Um, we had put silicon in the bottom and then cause we, with the posters, the screens are massive. So we used to have all these screens and just, normal traditional screen stripper um that worked but the bin kept leaking so you'd come in and you just have like in the old shop there's a little slant the floor had this little kind of inclination and um uh so you this thing would give way and then there'd just be like cleaning stuff in the middle of your shop and so then i ended up buying an ibc you know those big container things we we cut the top off that and that's what we used to use and then um and now we just have the um, the the uh, easy way. When we use the, when we do the big screens, we just have the normal traditional um, emulsion stripper. Um, but yeah, that's been again when that chemical works, it's fantastic. We'll consider switching. What do you do with the spent chemical? Like the residue, it can go, it can go down the drain. Yeah. So the stuff that you put in the dip tank, the easy mm-hmm. way. Do you neutralize it or anything, or no. you just put it, just it down? Can, the, it can the go there. It can go down. Well, we it goes into our washout tray that's got like the step. It's got a step filter. Yeah, yeah, the filters. Um, but then it can just go down into the gray waste. Um, and the filters you've got in your washout booth, what are they like? Are they just ah, uh, we oh god, I bought the washout booth from Supre, which used to be in Maracle, which is now a train station, and it's it's literally just a stainless steel thing, and it uh, you can go from Bunnings, you can get these big black like. Um, sieves that they put over the top of um water tanks when you know the water runs I know into exactly them into, what you mean yeah, yeah. so you, i've got one of those and that sits over the you know, the entry point to the step and it's just like a the step so the water just all the, the heaviest system. go down 
yes the sump and then eventually we we um we always struggled with getting the water out and then you can get these um the sump pump from bunnings just got a little float that's in the bottom of this and then that water just pumps down into the gray waste so um but you I don't would... have to treat that easy way chemical with anything i hope, I hope not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. donovan no it's it's um apparently not like it's all that's part of the that's part of its um charm Attraction, i guess really. yeah. yeah yeah um because we take it away we get it cleansed in the hunter valley become, oh. it all ends up in an ibc that's like we have the same setup i think as you in terms mm -hmm. of um, that little filter system that everything would go through but no plastisol no obviously spirits all of the um the, the chemical inside the dip tanks we run three dip tanks simultaneously for mm -hmm. different things um goes into an IBC ironically oh. and they come and take that every quarter and and clean it in um in the Hunter Valley and yeah. that costs us a couple of grand yeah. you know every time so I'm I'm just so nervous about putting stuff down the drain but I guess I could just get it tested and, and well check. Uh, yeah I, I feel like I need to share the link for easy way with you um that's part of its that's part of its sort of thing that's it's an story. American company yeah it's yeah um the guy that one of the one of the founders, he's an ex MNR, like head tech, and I don't know, that's its thing. It's used by so many people on Shirt Show. I know heaps of people use it, you know. And, right. um, yeah. So we have that, and then we pretty much pure plastisol here. We do a very small amount, a small bit of water based if we have to. Um, Discharge uh, or just a little bit. The small, we, we, for a while there, I was pushing it, but. You know, discharge has its issues. Like you can't use it on red. You can't use it on navy. Sorry, not navy. You can't use it on royal blue. You know, yeah. it's really hard to get um, unless you're using um, magna. It's really hard to get color correct. So you know, um, yeah. but yeah, we kind of we just pretty pretty much pure plastisol. And again, that comes back to when I was in London. That's what Al and Pete used. You know, it's, this is what it was. Uh, yeah. It was water based for our posters. Um, but if I had my choice, we'd be using as an ink called Marabou, which is this amazing solvent ink, but everyone has to wear masks and it's a fancy oh, okay. Um but um but yeah, that's that's pretty much what we do. And then, you know, um the emulsions SWR red. I don't know if you know about that. That's from Troy at Kiwo. Troy's been amazing for yes, us as well. Do you know Troy at all? Yep. Yeah, well, I've communicated with him. I don't know him really. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Where we used to be. Before he went to Kiwa, he used to be a distributor. So I'd be like, hey, Troy, I need something. He's like, yeah, just like, because I could go down. He was around the corner from where around we were. Corner, yeah, right. Go in and he'd be like, yeah, just tell me what you got. And um, yeah, Troy's been lovely. He lovely. knows his stuff. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Troy's great. Um, Pam's amazing as well at T1. I don't know if you know her. She's she's like the um, matriarch of screen printing in Australia. <laughs> she's been around forever. And um, yeah, her shop's really good. She's got a, a big old shop. She's helped me out. We were doing a project with Scott Marsh. I don't know if you know Scott at all. Um, yeah. About, it was just, it was the year that the bushfires happened, kind of leading into COVID. And it was, the, Scott did this mural of um, Scott Morrison. Um, and it was him in a Hawaiian shirt. I haven't got a, I can't, I can't, Happy New, Happy New Fear or something. I can't remember what it was. 
Scott rang me because we were doing some posters for him. He's like, oh, I've got this T-shirt I want to print and I want to donate all the profits to the fireys, uh, the bushfire people. I was like, yeah, cool, man. Like I was just so excited to be working on a project with him. And um, he's like, yeah, it might be like a couple of hundred teas. I was like, dude, no worries. Like I got you, you know, it's all good, man. You just have to pay for the teas, all right? I'll, we'll, we'll donate the printing. Anyway, he rang me back. He's like, yeah, it's up to like 600. I was like, oh, shit, all right cool man no worries we got you like and then he's like yeah it's up to like 1500 and i was like fuck <laughs> i was like and it, and it wasn't it wasn't that we couldn't print them it was the fact that it was would have had to have been done by hand and then it got to like 2300 and i was like holy shit man um anyway pam rang me and she's like do you need some help i was like yes so pam printed the job uh in like three hours on one of her autos for free donated it all it was amazing it was so generous and she's like hey you would have been screwed i was like yeah i would have been screwed because it would have taken us you know that sort of stuff takes a couple of hours to do we try on average hand printing was always like 100 now 50 yeah. for double hit white on black that was kind of what it was so you know like a four color process would have been maybe 25 or 30 an hour on our two machines and so the problem with it was we would have not been able to do any paid work. All the others, that's just true. Doing that. So that yeah. was the challenge. And um, so, yeah, Pam, she came through. So I've always. With that, sorry, Shannon, with that in mind, that problem of, you know, you get a particular kind of job that's going to basically clog up the use of the machines. Mm. You have like a limit. Like I'll give you an example. I think it was the end of last year. We got a quote for five and a half thousand um, for a, political party in queensland for something or other and it was a nice easy print i think it was a yellow garment and i think it was a black print so you know all right mm. um and they they actually came back and said we want you to lower your prices and i thought well i've got this but i didn't lower them and the reason i didn't lower them is to be blunt you know it would be nice to have that job but at the same time it would have been a complete nightmare with all my other customers mm. get this one-off job with a politician effectively that probably doesn't have any consumer loyalty you know they've got to save the money and so on um so i probably wouldn't see them again i don't have another auto that would be a stack of jobs that just sit there in that pipeline trying to get out do you have a kind of threshold in terms of volume or i mean based on number of colors and all that kind of stuff i guess as well mm, it depends what's going on in the shop so an example was at the start of the year towards the end of last year we were printing these paper bags for this this friend of mine and i took it on because it was like it was quieter kind of towards the end of the year and when we came back that was the job that we started with so we just literally we put the bags on the auto and we just printed them with plastisol yeah, just put them through the oven you know and it took ages <laughs> still took ages um you know, right now, a job that was really challenging for us this year was the Mardi Gras. Um, we've been printing for them for a few years, but the, the Mardi Gras this year wasn't just a normal Mardi Gras, which was like a one color or two color back and that. This year it was World Pride. So mm. I'd love to show that. Uh, I don't I wish I could show you the artwork, but it was, you know, you think Mardi Gras, you think rainbows, right? So yeah, had that it's a, it's a logo. Um, but what the challenge with that job was, was it had same it was it ended up i think it was a seven or eight color a simulated process so you know you four plus your two specials yep and that was fine but what they originally had was 
on the pocket, it had the Mardi Gras logo, then it had a section that was joined that had the event title. So it had like two, two like logos essentially. Yep. We worked it out that if we were to print the pockets alone, it was 224 screens because we would have had to have made screens for the black version and screens for the white version. So we were able to go back to them because I know them reasonably well. And I was like, we can't do that. So yeah. anyway, it's still, it was 52,000 impressions and it took Matt a, a month just on that alone. Yeah. And we learned a lot because we really went about it the wrong way. Um, we, the other challenge with it was, was like, so they might have like um, the bridge climb, just say the bridge climb might've been on a white t-shirt. So the artwork was black and then it had a black volunteer on the back. Then there was also an inverted version, which is a black t-shirt, exactly the same artwork. Yeah. So right. all the artwork then had to be flipped and then we had to print a white base and yes. it was just, it was insane. It was so, we, I like, I handled it. I, I programmed it really wrong and we didn't really kind of deal with it properly. We didn't, you know, we had the stock sitting there. We didn't pull it apart. You know, like we were just, I don't know, kind of ad-libbing it. And that was awful. It was terrible. And I felt so sorry for Matt because there was, there was situations where, you know, like I was saying, I can't set up this. I couldn't set up the job. You know, um, and so I was. Matt would set up a job, and then he'd go, and then I'd work weekends, hoping it didn't go out of rego or whatever. And just, you know, just we just had to stand there and try and get it out. So, um, and I don't know that I necessarily made any money. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that, yeah. That's the thing at the end of the day, yeah, is, yeah. So to answer your question, it really depends on what the job is. We've got a job coming up um, that's going to come on press in the next week or two. It's two thousand T's. Um, there's seven or eight designs, there's t-shirts and then there's jumpers. But from what we've learned with the Mardi Gras job, everything's going to come in at this, all the stock's going to come in at the same time. Everything's going to be pulled apart. Every single thing's going to be counted out. Everything's going to have a sticker on it. And we're yeah. not touching anything yeah. until it's a hundred percent organized. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, yeah, I, I like your job, the one that you're talking about, if that came to me and I could do it, I would do it purely based on the fact that, you know, I'd be like, all right, who wants overtime? Two guys on and off. Like I, when Matt prints, he prints by himself. He, he likes to manage the things that he loads on and off. We don't usually have two people on that machine. We've only got, um, there's only six of us as well. So there's me and then two printers and then Troy who does pre-production and production and then, Joel, our art director, he works remote. And then Paul, who does our screens and stuff. So, yep. you know, I'd literally be like, right, let's, does anyone want to, <laughs> actually the way I would probably approach it is I'd take the email and I'd be like, right, this job's coming up. Does anyone want to work overtime? Yeah. If everyone says yes, I'll be like, all right, then I'll put us under that pressure. If everyone says no, I'd like to think I'd say no, but if it's something that I could potentially do, you know, I'd probably maybe do it, you know. Do it and work away at it. Yeah. And I think, like, I did, uh, we'd have done it, but not for anything less. You know what I mean? So I wasn't worried about not having it in the end because we were just on those extra shifts and made it yeah. happen. Yeah. But yeah. I, like you said, with the Mardi Gras example, 
don't know if you made any money. You know, I I don't want to get to that point where I go, that's great, we did it, fantastic, great job, but you know, we made two hundred bucks or something. Yeah, um, I, th- I think, I think we did the... make. We didn't have to pay. Mardi Gras supplied all the t-shirts, so we didn't have to front. They had a um, that was sponsored by Gildan for that event. Yeah, right. So, so the risk was around the print costs. Basically. It was about the printing, but you know, like I think it was like four or five 19 litre buckets of white at, at yep. 450 bucks ago. You know, I was like, I think it was like five one litre buckets of yellow process ink. It's shit like that. You're yeah. like, oh my God, another bucket of white. Yeah. Like, another bucket. I was yeah. like, literally Troy lives not far from me. And I was like, Troy, I need another bucket of white. He's like, okay. You know, stuff like that. You just like, I didn't expect it, you know, um, do you get walk-ins or is most of your stuff done online? Uh, no, it's predominantly online. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I'm in the process of trying to maybe tweak that a little bit. Um, purely based off the fact that there's no, like we don't have a showroom, but I'm like, eh, if I can get a bit of a showroom thing happening, who knows, you know? Um, yeah. I, I would like it to be appointment driven. <laughs> so. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. in an ideal world my goal would be to um, say you're an artist I work with you you block it you block us out for a week and you're like all right you've just got exclusive use of the shop and us and wear kind of your uh, tentacles I guess yeah, yeah. Um, there's that sort That's of cool. thing um, I'd love to try and do there's some people that we've got um, some projects in the pipeline that I'd, I'd be like yeah just come in and let's just do some stuff you know, but when you get the random, like, oh, I've got to go to a Bucks party. Can you do this one shirt? <laughs> that would be the only time I would even consider a DTG because, you know, you charge a hundred bucks for that stuff, you know, and it's like, yeah. But to be honest, like, I find it really distracting. <laughs> you know, when we're used to being in St. Peter's, we're in this complex with like, you know, heaps of other people and people just rock up and I'd be like, yeah, I'm not really interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, how about yourself? We've got a very small showroom. This is our office showroom here. Mm. We've got two desks. One's a kind of reception desk and just some tees around that got nicer prints on and a bit of AS color stock. But we're we're like you, we're national. We do a little bit locally. Uh, there's a university here. So we get some good deals with university colleges that mm-hmm. want a recovery t-shirt for, you know, 800 kids or whatever that went out to the ball and had too much to drink and they're great, but then you'll get them in and they'll want two or, mm. or, or, you know, a lady came in this morning and she'd got some kind of silk flags and she'd been to one of the signage shops here and said, can you print on this? And they tried to do a few things which had failed. And, you know, you, you want to really help someone, right? <laughs> you know, you're not going to scream for it. So you get mm. them through that concern well what else can i do and you're thinking i don't really know you know mm. and it's you know without being condescending to her in any way she's got a problem she's got to solve i've just wasted 20 minutes of my time yeah and i've got a ton of quotes to do you know what i mean so i yeah. do find it a problem we're just employing tomorrow she's she's been for a couple of um tryout days as a kind of working interview over the last couple of weeks but tomorrow we've got a lady starts and she's going to be taking off all of the mock-ups, all mm. of the quotes, all of the stock ordering, and that front house customer service answering the phone. We do it, try to do everything online apart from these people, and I'm so excited about that because um, 
I don't know how it works for you. You're using hoops, which maybe we can talk about, but um, we're using zero. We've got a bunch of PSD templates. You know, it's pull the art down, cut that background out, drop that in there. Oh, that looks crap. Let's put it into AI, make it look a bit better, put it back in, send it out, send the quote out. And I'm just a bit sort of over it. And I realize that's where our business comes from. Mm. But I want to get back on the other kind of end of the business that not not the production end. I don't want to go back into that, although I do love screen printing. I want to say that I really I, there's a thrill that's involved in in what goes on out there. Yeah. From, you know, from conception to, to putting it in a box and a customer getting it. But I want to get back onto the business end. So I'm excited about that. Completely digressing. But that. I'm hoping she'll be this new person will be able to just take on all of that kind of stuff that, you know, maybe even customer complaints when they come in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it isn't great. Like I, I didn't like wanting to expand too much when we were in a garage. You yeah. Know, there is a, Oh, you're in a, you know, leafy suburb and what is this thing called a print shop and, people just rocking up at strange times. I do think it's much better to be in a, a proper unit um, that's much more industrial and so on. But I don't enjoy the walk-ins generally unless they're coming to collect an order, which is different. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think because we've only been in Wollongong for 18 months, maybe. And I'm sort of decentralizing my focus in Sydney. Like I still love all my clients and I still print for them. But where we are, and probably similar to you, there's a, there's a uni here. Yeah, Wollongong is massive, you know, like mm -hmm. from a region, you know. And then yep. this also opens us up to potentially, you know, like the coast and a little bit inner in the Southern Highlands. I don't know how well you know this area, but yeah, you know, you're no. kind of like if someone walks in and they're a local, and I'm like, they want ten t-shirts. I'm like, cool, you're a local. Like, I just have to look at it from what. Who are they going to tell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are they going to tell? And who's the next client? And that's unfortunately like I, I struggle going out socially to to talk to people because I'm like, I have to tell you what I do. You have mm -hmm. to, I have to tell you that I own a print shop and I own a screen print because you might just tell someone else. Yeah. Like that's just yeah. I, I just can't. It's it's so hard. I'm like, I have to like sometimes I go out with, you know, do the my daughter's uh, six, and she's got she's more she's got more social life than me. To be honest, she goes to these <laughs> birthday parties, and in fact, I've now got a social life because of her. <laughs> yeah, right. With everybody else's parents, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, you, you're talking to these people, and you're like, oh, so what do you do? And they're like doing this stuff, and I'm like, oh, I want to so desperately tell you what I do because you might be a future client. So I have mm -hmm. to look at that person rocking up, just going, well, if I can't help you. That's fine, but thanks for coming in here. My kind of unofficial rule is if I can't help you, I'll make sure that I can point you in the direction yeah, well, that I can. But yeah. if I can help you, now I know for a fact there's an email in my inbox for this person that's about to go on holidays and they want four shirts. They're from Wollongong. I'm like, okay, they're from Wollongong. I kind of have to, you know, get past that. You know, for when we're in Sydney, our minimums, our minimum was always, we never used to have minimum orders, you know. And then I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I made it 30. Now I'm like, yeah, depends who it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do what it yeah. is. You know, I get that. a buddy of mine owns a lighting company. He needed a jumper to go overseas to go to the head office of this company. He's like, I'd really like a jumper. 
It was like a five color back and three color front. I was like, dude, that's one jumper. He's like, yeah, but I'm going home to the head office. I was like, okay, you know, so, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a really hard one. Um, I, I often, the same analogy is like a tattoo shop. It's like a street shop or not a street shop, you know? Um, yeah. The challenge we have sometimes is the way we spell the business with aisle six. It's not the easiest to find. So I'm like, well, if you could find us with that spelling, you can come in. You're probably going to get the sale. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. They've gone for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people always talk about that. You know, I had one client, we printed this job. There was two in the artwork. There was two separate bits of artwork. There was artwork for a white t-shirt. And there was artwork for a black t-shirt. We printed one of the artworks across the whole thing. We got it wrong. I rang the guy. I fixed it. But off the back of that, I got a referral to someone else, which was a, you know, a 260-piece order But because I fixed his thing. So I kind of have to be like, okay, well, if I can't help you, then I'll, you know, I'll try and point you in the right direction. I don't know yeah. if that answers your question, but it's like. No, it does. And it, it kind of ties in with the whole re review referral feedback google thing it's like oh fuck if i treat this person awfully are they going to give me a bad review no, what are they going to tell you know um we we have a thing i have a like if there's no such thing as bad feedback that's mm. kind of like a thing and it's like well if it's shit and we get it wrong you know i can fix it. it i, I yeah. like in full ownership i just i was printing i thought i was doing a great job I was printing these these jumpers double sleeves with 70 two color print i was like yeah i'm helping out turns out I used the wrong white. I didn't use a poly white on, well, oh, no. on one sleeve I did because I was told to change whites. And I was like, oh, can this get through, please? No, <laughs> it didn't. This is 70 t-shirts. It was like three grand's worth of stock I've just replaced. Yeah. And not only that, they've also had to be re-embroidered, you know. But this guy, yeah. he's been a client of mine since 2016, you know. And I was like, dude, I have to fix this. You know, I'm not going to try and not fix it. And it's just been fixed. And I don't ever want to, you know, off the back of that, the, the poly white bucket now has a big poly white label around it. <laughs> you know, if I, did, if I did that, I'd be told not to go in print anything. You know, that that would be the end of anything I could do in the production. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think there's right. you got to ownership. You got to take ownership for it. You know, that's the, that's the key thing. Yeah, so. You do, and I think that whole thing of shaping a sale in terms of researching who they are or finding out, you know, what the connection is, and I feel like that's so important. And I probably don't do enough of that. We did we do um, t-shirts for a, a boxer, and we've done them for years. And it was only when we um, employed a particular person who's no longer with us he was just a student and he was a trojan phenomenal printer which he was like what is he 23 24 he never never knew anything about screen printing he came in i said this is how you do it mm. you know did the first hundred and off he went it was incredible anyway he came to print this boxer's t-shirt they, they usually you know got their own labels they've got it's really smart stuff nice gold often a bit of simulated process and he said you do this guy's t-shirts and we were like what do you mean and he said this guy's a world champion boxer <laughs> and of course huh. completely oblivious right wow. but if i bothered to shape that properly and find out who they were we're dealing with their promoters and things but mm. like you know oh gee this guy's actually a world famous guy and i feel like it's worth doing that but at a local level one of the things we do that might um be worth sharing is if it's um 
a little bit under our, our threshold is our minimum is uh, 20 mm -hmm. but i will look at it and go okay these are people we do want to help there may be that connection as you're saying what i sometimes do is offer to give them a better deal if they'll let us put our logo on the back and ah. nearly every time they go for it even yeah. the the um visitor center here it's all got our logos on the back wow. and they're kind of promoting you know they see it as promoting our business which is kind of nice yeah yeah and they get get a deal that's one thing i have done of course a lot of people aren't you know a lot of people seem to go for it for us <laughs> like the clothing yeah. brand came in obviously i'm not gonna say hey, yeah i don't, know, I don't know how young henry's ago <laughs> no, no. I, 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 think... I would love to um sorry to cut you off i'd love to have our that's own right. blank that we had our own printing in low you know there's nothing to stop you essentially taking the AS color tag out, putting your, you could have AS color staple printed at aisle six, you know, yeah. like uh, there's a couple of clients that we print neck labels for and they keep our sort of logo in because I just sent them a file. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice when you do that. Um, I don't know how I'd go. I, I kind of feel a bit um, not confident enough to ask. I'm like, oh, can you just maybe post about us on social media <laughs> <laughs> can you please well, tag us yeah yeah you, it's interesting you talked about gold we've just had an issue with gold um with one of my clients and we found that gold ink when it's washed metallic gold in particular it's a kiwo um, it's not probably specific to kiwo but when you wash it with um like and i don't know for a fact that this is the the the, the detergent but after a couple of washes the gold actually goes and it starts to um Get, go phosphorus like the statue of liberty uh, the, yeah, the okay. yeah yeah so we've yeah. now changed that process and we print the gold we're doing a two-pass gold with a uh with a clear a clear over the top to try and seal it because we've oh, been sending okay. out gold shirts i literally i lost a client because of it this, this barbershop i was like how come you what happened and he's like oh all the gold was shit i was like man i've been printing for you for four years and you didn't ring me he's like oh yeah we should have rung you i'm like yeah you should have rung me and I would have tried to fix it, but we didn't realize that that's what it was, you know? So, um, so yeah, I don't know how you go with gold, but we've now fixed it. <laughs> it's we just use there. a Rutland one and we haven't had any complaints, but it doesn't mean that the issue isn't there. And yeah. It's, it was, bone. I don't know what happened. It was fine for a bit. We've got gold shirts and it's all good, but, um, anyway, that's just, that's, that's the, that's what's been happening with us. Um, so you yeah. actively, you look out for customers that don't come back on and that, like regular, like that example, you'd actually, you contacted them and said, yeah, well, yeah. they, uh, they owed me some money actually. Okay. And um, <laughs> well, we were drop shipping cause they have a, it's like a franchise barbershop essentially. And we'd been holding stock and we were drop shipping it for them for their barbershops. And, um the way it worked was they pay 50 percent, and then once the order came through for the second part they pay the second 50 and then we'd ship it out and um i hadn't heard from them for a while and i you know you just get that feeling and i was like hang on there's something going on here and i kept hitting up hitting them up and then i was like i literally was googling how to write a letter of demand and i was like i got the guy's number so i rang him up i was like hey man yeah <laughs> what the fuck you know and we're not it was like 1500 bucks it's not a lot of money, but it's a lot of money when that's, you know, money that's owed to you. So I was yeah. like, what happened? What's going on? He's like, oh, all the gold just happened, this gold. I was like, how come you didn't ring me, you know? And he's like, oh, I should have rung you. I'm like, yeah, you should have rung me. Anyway, he paid and we haven't started printing for them again, but I'm like, at least now, 
you know, when you think about no such thing as bad feedback, at least now I understand what it was. But now what we've done is anytime a job with gold goes out, we just put a little note in that says, hey, gold's emotional, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Try yeah. if you can, de depending on what the, ter the detergent is, you know, um, this could happen. You know, um, it's not our fault. It's the, you know, it's, we've got the specs in there from the from Troy. He, he sent us some info. And, then, and would you actively chase customers like from quotes, like a new customer, for example? Would do you I actively through? chase customers? Yeah. Would um, you just put it out there and see what happens? Or? Well, I'm not sure what you mean in that context. So if, if a new gold, customer or? came in and you, no, no, just any, any job, you know, you run a quote, you send it out there to a new customer, you don't hear anything back. Would you follow through and chase them up? Like uh -huh, some people 100%. do. Yeah. 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 In the past couple of months, I've been working with a business coach. Um, his name's Vince. And one of the first things he told me to do was to get a CRM software, you know, client yeah. relationship manager software. Yeah. Um, and so I did. And it it's streak, it's free, it plugs into Gmail. And now I just have like all these parameters. So uh, I, anytime a new job comes in, it goes in as a lead. And then I just have like, I have it broken down to the industry. So depending on who it is, what I think the value of the job might be, you know, um, what they want, you know, and then it, you can set a reminder um, and it just, you know, it might be for two days to just follow this job up. And that's been, it's taken so much pressure out of my brain to try yeah. and remember. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty active to be honest. And um, it's been really good to have that visibility on it. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We talked about hoops. I was using Printavo yeah. for a really long time. It's an American shop software, and yeah, it was fine. Like it was, it was good. But what was happening was that I was on this great pricing. It was like seventy nine US a month or something. And then they made me upgrade. And then half the functionality that Printavo has is not available in Australia. So, um, but the key, probably the the two key ones for me. Probably the number one actually was it doesn't natively sync with zero. So you had to have a zap to push the information across. Yeah. Um, and so there was that. And I'd ask them, I mean, I met the guy, Bruce, his name was, I met him in LA when I went to the trade show and I was like, Hey man, what's going on? He's like, Oh, you know, it's not a priority. I'm like, there's other people in the world besides QuickBooks, mate. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. so there was that. And then there was just, they're just kind of becoming more and more like less uh, internationally focused. And I know I've met Brad, who's an Australian guy. He runs Hoops. Yeah, Hoops I, is Australian, isn't it? Yeah, Just to clarify, yeah. yeah. It's run out of Queensland. Yeah. Um, and I tried Hoops before kind of going back to Printavo. Um, and it was awful. He, Brad, I, he knows this. I'm not, I'm not telling him anything he didn't know. Um, but I decided, I decided that I'd give it a second go. And the other thing with Hoops, oh, sorry, Printava was costing me nearly 500 a month with the exchange yeah. rate for this software. And yeah. um, Hoops is half. It's like costing me 200. And the beautiful thing with Hoops is their job board situation. So it, all of us have access to um, this job board and like Troy, the, who runs production, he's got his own format. He likes it to look a particular way. I like mine to look a particular way and Joel, our art director, he likes his to look a particular way, but you can constantly add columns. So we originally had like the original thing was like stock payment, whatever it is. Now we've got, you know, 
is there any special things? Has it got, you know, who's done the art? And it's, we've also then plugged it into the shop floor, a big TV screen, it just runs off the back of the shop computer. And so yep. they've got, it's pure visibility. <laughs> it's, yep. it's massive. Yep. Um, there's a couple of things I didn't quite understand with hoops, but I now get it. It's not, because with Pintava, you could invoice and quote out of the same software. Hoops, you quote and then create an invoice and then run the job. So the quote, com the invoice comes out as zero. Hopefully that makes yeah. sense. But, yeah, um, so that does integrate with zero. It's not, it's, clean, that it's it. perfect. It's absolutely yeah, right. amazing because it just goes, literally you go create invoice, you go to zero, it's there. And you just invoice and you collect all the payment. You can collect payment through hoops with the Stripe functionality, but the challenge with that is you can't add the credit card surcharge. So with zero, if you're invoicing at a zero, you can yeah. add the surcharge. So we don't yeah. use the Stripe internal um, thing, but as soon as you receive a payment, it automatically syncs back to hoops and it says paid. So, you know, it's, it's great. And, you know, you can send SMSs and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, and, um, okay. It's really good. It's actually, everyone's like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> I was really nervous. We ran both. Um, the way we transitioned was we had Printavo and Hoops open. And then at the start of the month, we had them both going and I duplicated the jobs into Hoops. And then by the end of it, I stopped putting jobs in Printavo and I had them all in thing. I did export all of my like job history from Printavo. So I've got it on an Excel sheet. So I can, like if we've done a job in the last, with you in the last three or four years, I can just go in and check the pricing and, you know, double check yeah. it all and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So we've got that, the CRM um, software. We're in the process of looking at Separation Studio NX, I think it's called. NXT. Um, yeah, Joel, our art director, he's amazing. I've known Joel. We have the same barber. Joel's background is he um, he worked at TSP before a long time ago. So Joel's been doing our art forever and he's like, he can pretty much, if Joel can't separate it, then don't bother. Um, right. But always sort of just trying to do is, you know, start looking at using time a bit, a bit more, a bit more functionality, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we started using that and then, yeah, that's kind of it from and the shop, shop tool thing. So you so you started using Separation Studio? Just we're on the trial now. So Joel's trialing it now. He's watching. How are you videos. going with it? Like, or how's I, he going? I, I watched the video that um, Chessie did, the girl from Squeegee and Inc., I think it is, uh, yep. the English girl. Yep. I was like, holy Chessie. shit. There's literally like off. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> we we <laughs> use it. It's everything that we do manually, you know. And I guess it's also a bit of a backup plan if, say, Joel's on holidays, you know, or... Um, something happens and I can't because he doesn't, he's not full time. He's permanent part time. So if something happens right. and I can't, like I can hack my way in illustrator. Like I'm okay. Photoshop sucks. I hate it. I can never get, I can never size artwork properly. I have to always put the rules in and try and like, so yeah. Um, so that's why we're looking at it. There's another one a friend of mine is, is referred me to, but um, we're, we're just going to see what happens. But yeah. There's just stuff like that. It's just about kind of, you know, Joel does three days a week and he might spend hours on one job. I'm like, man, I've got to, I've got to get you off this. And oh, it'll, it'll save heaps of time. Yeah. We, yeah. if we have anything really, really complex, we won't use it. We'll just outsource to, um, oh, what are they called? 
American company will come to me. Graphic um, Sorter. Graphic Source, yeah. Oh yeah. Because you can you can drip to them now. You don't have to have a, a monthly contract. You can just, you know, it's price per piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what would you consider complex? Um, taking something from photograph. Down oh yeah, to like eight. a process print. Yeah. Yeah, simulated process. Um, I wouldn't use Sep Studio for anything other than simulated process. Yeah. For for stuff we do. But um sometimes I've run, I've done that. I've gone to a graphic source and I've also used Sep Studio and XT and, and actually just compared the film. And a couple of times we've run both just to see. Yeah. And um I would say Sep Studio is pretty good. Yeah. But it's never something never as good on something super complex we got tiny tiny half tones mm. um i'd still probably go out to graphics source but i find it clunky that's the thing not not to complain about what the product actually outputs but the way the product works it's a bit clunky um the set studio good. product yeah i mean but that's probably more me than anything thinking about it um i know um, a couple of other people that use it and swear by it so I think um, the trick with all of that stuff is you pre you've got to just pre you've got to put it into Photoshop or into Illustrator first and like remove the background and make sure it's the right size. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Like if you don't do that, then you, you're kind of adding extra work. Um, and you're printing to film, are you? Yeah, we use um, cyber print, cyber, I don't know what it's called. We were using um, Accurate for a really long time. Yep. And then... Yep. Uh, it's called Cyberprint. It's just kind of next level up. It's yep. you can. We have the Epson forty eight, uh, the T two hundred. I don't even know what it is. The the one on the roll. Um, yeah. And you can just gang all of the. You can just dump it all on and just hit print, and it puts it all in the right place. And you choose. You can amend the half tones, and you can change all the angles and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like. I'm not. I'm not. When you talk, start talking to me about that sort of stuff, I, I'm like, yeah, cool. Whatever. There's this beautiful man that uh, Rob Wade, his name is, he's, he used to live here and he's in Ireland. He's a amazing, um, an amazing person for all that sort of stuff. He'd come in and he'd be like, oh, you know, your dot size. And you, I'm like, Rob, I just need you to print the film, man. Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm not that, I'm not that person, you know, so um but you enjoy the business end of it all. It sounds like you're really into growing the company and creating a strategy and planning planning your route to to success. It's um, it's I won't lie. The last eighteen months has been the hardest I've ever had in the business. Moving down here and you know keeping that momentum and trying to you know like when you've had when you've been in a spot for nine years and everything had a place you know. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that little tricks like you know careers and stuff like that it's kind of been frustrating um but i've now you know got and you know people like my my the guy i'm working with vince and this guy dan and the guys out here we kind of you know got some good momentum um yeah it's been hard but it's also you know it's been worth it now that i can see what you know where we're at and i was like how did we do all this in that other small space yeah, you know, right. um, growing the business, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> when do you stop? And 
what is it really that you're trying to do you know like i'm not trying to have the biggest print shop i'm trying yeah. to have a very good print shop you know yeah. i'm literally trying to get to a point where you could go into any print shop in the world and people go oh, i know who you are i know yeah. what r6 does and i know that yeah. you're good at what you do you know that's kind of my goal you know a big thing i'm working on as well now is kind of like letting the schools and the kids in this region have access to what we have here in the print space and the print oh, that's shop exciting and just really trying to like you know we had an exhibition with reg mombasa and gleno two of my absolute heroes and off the back of that there was a couple of art teachers kate and Gemma came in and we've been chatting to them and then trying to get the kids showing them how to print and teach them and all that sort of stuff you know for me that's like I see that's kind of something we'll, we're going to try and sort of move into. I don't, I don't I'd know love to do that. Like. I don't know how you make any great. money from it, but. <laughs> but do, do you need to in a way? You know what I mean? No. Like that no. to me, no. one of the things about this industry is no one knows how T-shirts are printed. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Do you like plenty print? Of industry. Sorry? Do you like print? And we've done, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> we've yeah. done it once. How'd you go? Oh. We we got everything wrong. It was great, you know. Like CNG was terrific. We we bought I think six hundred garments, like six hundred AS color. Like every, you couldn't have got anything more wrong than the way mm. that we did it. But we learned heaps, mm. and we're planning to kind of keep it going. We've got another, um, well, I guess it's a what do you call it a trading name um, around that that I'm wanting to try and grow and see if I can get it get some traction on it and maybe um, franchise it or something. But um, we have done that. And I loved it. I know. I think I know where you're going. When the kids came to the stand and we were like, do you want to actually print it yourself? Mm. It was just electric, you know, watching yeah, yeah. kids do this and yeah. or, or even any any age, really, because people don't know how it's done. And it is cool. You see a yeah. T-shirt come out and it's got the print on, you know, and it's it's neat, especially if you designed it yourself. And, you know, I love it. Um probably so I, my background with that is um I, I started i did some stuff with a guy called eddie zamet i'm not sure if you know who eddie is he's no. kind of like no i'll show you that's it there's this book called t world yep and eddie is the founder of that anyway i got this when i was in london and it was awesome i've got he hasn't put out an issue for a while but off the back of working with Eddie and with Secret Wars, I met Hit and Run and Hit and Run out of LA and Mike and Brandy. And Mike and Brandy are kind of like the originators of live screen printing. And they started it and kind of in the format. And they, 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 they hold the world record for the most, um, they did a, when Uber rebranded, they did a live printing event on every continent. And they were doing live printing, a live printing event every 72 hours at one point. Ooh, wow. mm. Yeah, and hit and run is kind of like for me, it's like the holy grail of this. And so I've done live printing for a bunch of different people, but probably some of my most favorites as I went into my daughter's preschool and we did it there. And I recent we recently went in, my wife and I, Shakira, we went into my son's preschool and we did live printing for them. <laughs> I don't think they understood what it was, but it was so much fun to just have that little interaction with them and yes yeah it's just that like you said when they lift up the screen and they see it and they're like what is this and i'm like well you're a screen printer now you know and um That's i sweet. love that side of the business you know i love 
that interaction and meeting people and letting them have a go. And everyone's like, oh, back in high school. I'm like, yeah, well, it hasn't really changed. You know, so we haven't done it for a little while. Um, got a couple of quotes out there, but, you know, there's that. There's, I don't know if you know family industries. They're in LA as well. They yes. do. Yes, they, they're next level. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> unbelievable amount every year. Is it like four hundred events or something? Yeah, but they don't just do screen printing. Hit and run do like they're really specific. It's a brand. They come in. Family industries are white label, so they brand for you, and then they do uh, they do live embroidery, they do live screen printing, they do live heat pressing, they do live laser etching, they do like just stupid shit that's <laughs> just like how do you do this you know and um yeah i don't know if i'd ever go that extreme but for me i just love having you know we've got a six color manual machine and a little single head that we can take out and um yeah just let kids have a go i love it you know so that's like moving forward that's kind of the space is now big you want to do more of that yeah yeah, yeah i really yeah. do yeah and um, another auto or you think no. you're, you're good good way you are our auto is not at the moment i don't know how you are for work we're not the busiest um we've we've been busier so that that auto is not like currently everyone's hand printing to kind of till the work kind of comes through um yep, bunch of quotes you. out there but you know we don't we won't turn it on if it's like 20 t's it doesn't it's not worth it like it's 14 boards it's one and a half rounds yeah you know, like, yeah there's just no point i don't um I don't want to be a double order. Like this, the pressure around running a shop that has got two of those things going, and that I don't know. I don't know that I'm, 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 I'm happy with the size we are. I'd like, I'd like the auto going full time, and the two manuals going full time, and the poster printing going full time. Like for me, yeah. that's that's kind of where I'm at. And yeah. um, like I said, I just want to be like. I just want to, I literally want to be able to walk into any print shop and they go, oh, yeah, I've heard of Six. I know you're good. Yeah. Like that's yeah, literally that. what I want, you know. And, I think that's a really important target to, to focus on that as opposed to kind of growth numerically or numbers of autos or revenue or whatever to actually, because I, I mean, you probably picked up earlier on that I'm trying to, I guess, balance between the artistic quality mm. side of, of this and the commercial side a little bit. Um and there's no doubt that I want to kind of turn the handle a little bit. I'm probably too old really in a way to kind of go that far, but turn the handle a little bit more in terms of the revenue and the size. But the thing I've learned about business by doing it all wrong in the past, certainly is um, you never get there, whatever you're, you're no. you know, you think, well, if I could just get to this level, you know, if I could just one order or 10 consultants or whatever it is, mm. just get to that. Then, you know, then it would sort of be good because the revenue would be sitting around here. The profit would be here. The reality is when you get there, everything else kind of builds. And so you're forever kind of shifting this, this level. And it, that I think is soul destroying after a while. So I really, it's really like hard. Yeah. What, it's really hard. You, like said, you, you come in here and, you know, we're in a bigger shop and we've got bigger equipment and we've got a little bit more volume and everyone's like, Oh, you've got more money. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I don't have any more money. <laughs> you know, am I working as hard as I am today as I was 10 years ago? Uh, yeah, because I, um, I have to, I, you know, when it was just me, it didn't matter if this thing failed, you know, like I had no, I had, no expectations 
you know yeah but now that i've got six six people you know working for me and finance and you know it's like the pressure point you know and um and that's where i was like the last 18 months has been hard you know um it's okay but you know i'm i'm not um you know i, I could definitely you know you, you see people working different jobs and you're like hmm, <laughs> having to make wages every week and pay the bills it's like yeah i don't know you know sometimes you're like shit <laughs> have i made the right yeah. decision you know yeah and you do want to kind of look after your team and make sure they do well and that they're part of the family and mm. you know they're growing into it properly and that mm. costs there's no question that you can get around that any other do you, way do you have any thoughts on profit share or anything like that is that something you would consider we, or would you just do bonuses we How just do you... bonuses but ostensibly they're profit shares you know mm. bonuses I guess partly on the basis of how well they performed as well as just profit. How do you manage um, that? But is it all driven off your shop software or whatever it is? You no, need? it's subjective. You know, it's it's partly based on. Um, yeah, this is going to sound a bit weird, but it's partly based on competence and recalcitrance. I don't so know competence. What that second word is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. So confidence, competence rather, in terms of, you know, how they're growing and how they're mm. developing, you're able to run this print job. So our production director is one of my daughters and she was quick today. So she left at about one and she just set up the jobs the, to, to allow them to continue to print um, easy jobs uh, for one of the main guys here, a guy called Cena. Big shout out to him. He's a, a hard worker, but we're not going to give him a, a nine color simulator process just yet. Right. Mm. So can we see someone growing? You know, that's the kind oh, of yeah, yeah, for yeah. us. Yeah. The recalcitrance is actually, um, for me, is related to, I don't really give an F. Mm. You know, there's plenty of people who work hard, they might grow in competence, but actually at the end of the day, it's not my business. Why do I care? Yeah. Well, you're yeah. going to get a profit share. Yeah. Because yeah, you're not sharing yeah. in the business, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's the kind of, and the, the, the guys we've got here are great. I love them. The team we've got, as we all know, getting people and retaining good people is hard. Yeah. But and so they all get bonused at Christmas, they get bonused at the end of June. Yeah. And this year it's pretty good. Like yeah. It was you know, plenty of dollars went in and they're all quite chuffed. So that's how we do that. Mm. I pay them pretty well. They're on um most of the guys are on temporary um real contracts, so two year term contracts. Oh, okay. they're not permanent. Yeah. Um, but they're on genuine contracts and I pay them above the rate. Um the rate come, <laughs> Yeah, the rate. The magical rate. <laughs> that, that nebulous rate that's somewhere mm, there. What is that rate? Um, which which award are you using? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's not great, but we would we'd bring them up to the level of casual. So casual pay, mm. but they're not casuals. You know, that's mm. what we try to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm after people that want to stay and be part of it and grow. And, you know, it's actually a really good job. You know, I've said that to a few people that come in. Look, mate, this is you get to run the press in yeah. a team this is actually yeah. a fantastic industry it's amazing yeah. some people just don't catch it they don't see you know that that's that's what it is yeah we i tend to hire uh i, I got stuck there hiring people that i was trying to help or fix or yes um, I know save just trying yep. to save <laughs> and um that doesn't work unless they want to be that person and now I'm tending to try and find people that um, are older and have got a 
bit more life experience and can take constructive feedback and are able to give constructive feedback and have input and are prepared to say, oh, this is shit or this is good or, mm. you know, like the two, Matt and Ben, um, Ben was living here. Matt, Matt and Ben are both from Wollongong, the region. Um, ben was commuting for li- nearly six years every day up from Wollongong to Sydney, which is about three hours return. And um, and then Matt was looking, trying to find a house or something with his wife, Jane. And I was like, hey, man, we're going to move. And he's from here and Jane can work remote. So they came down. Ben was pretty happy. He's, you know, saved him hours and hours and hours. And then I had a guy, Ben, another Ben, who was commuting and it just got too much for him, you know, and um, I was able to find. We trialed this. We've always struggled with this pre-production manager sort of, shipping i don't even know what the yep. title is yep. we've always sort of we had a really good guy with us in sydney jacob but he didn't want to come down and so that was sucked and then um we had a guy prior to that rob who ended up moving to tassie and but it was always it's always been a challenging spot and then this guy troy his background was is um warehousing and but he's also an artist and like the when he interviewed i couldn't put him on because it was quiet and my accountant was like if you put him on it's not gonna end well and then when we got the mardi gras job confirmed that's when i put him on and you know casual and all that sort of stuff and he's been amazing um paul was another guy he's an older dude he'd worked a uh, dude older man he worked in another print shop he was like oh i only want to do like three or four days a week i'm good with mixing ink i can do color prints and so he had a background he literally ben walked out paul walked in and it's been seamless and wow, Paul's also lucky. amazing. He's an older guy. Like I'm 48. He's about my age, you know? Um, and yeah, both that, it just, it just like, it just feels really good. You know, like I don't have to worry about it, you know, yeah, that's good. think about like my ultimate goal. It's like for the shop to run for me to be able to work, but to actually at some point have a proper holiday <laughs> and yep. By a proper holiday, I mean turn my phone off, turn my computer off, and not look at it. Yeah, that's like, you know, be present with my family, be present at home. You know, like I think the last nine years I've worked in here, and then I go home and do three or four hours every night just to try and stay in front. Like, I'm jealous of the fact that you're putting that person on and your 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 shop manager or whatever role you've given them. I'm like, that's the next person (laughs) for me. Um, But yeah. Just a comment on that, and and I will say one other thing, and I, I don't know if you're like me, but I've been doing business for a long time, my own businesses for a long time, and that constantly working long hours and, you know, never getting a break, and, you know, even when you are away, something terrible happens and you've suddenly got to, mm. you know, fix fix something. Um, part, the thing I've discovered, and it's because of the grace and patience of my wife, um, is that most of that problem is me. Now, I know that we all know that, right? Yeah. But there is still this bustling, relentless, omnipotent, rolling thing called a business that's demanding something from you. Yeah. And I live in fear that the customer will hate me, right? At some same. point, I'll get it I'm totally wrong and, yeah. you know, oh, don't go to them, they're terrible. And then it's all over. And then, you know, but I think some of it with me is definitely just me just thinking, mm. I love this. I enjoy this. There's something about this. But it's causing me stress. I'm overweight. I'm tired. Like it's, it's this yeah. paradox yeah. in a way. Yeah, I, um, I call it the doom spiral. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, deep spiral. Yeah, I did yeah. a poster and it's this ballet dance. I, I, it's this ballet dancer standing on the top of K2 and it's literally like, that's what owning a business is <laughs> like. Right. It's like this. Yeah, and um, I, I fully agree. It's like, oh, if I don't get back to you on that email, that's my business is done, you know, and that fear, that constant fear of just like, what's going to, what's happening next? What's going to happen next? And, and you start the month, you think, I don't know if you do this, but we just analyze month by month continually, you know, mm. or sales like the last five, six years, what are they like this month, this year? Yeah. And at the beginning of the month, you know, it's quite obvious you've got no sales. It's the beginning of the month, right? Mm. Day mm. one comes around, you've got X in the, in the bank and you think, it's going to be a bad month, you know. And you get, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the middle of the month, you're like, it's not looking so bad now. You know? Yeah, so yeah. Well, you, just okay. pay wages in the, you just pay wages and then it's the next day and you're like, oh, I've got no money. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here I go well, again, you know. Give you, I'll give you some encouragement. Um, so starting this uh, new lady, as I said, has done um, two working interview days and she'll get a contract tomorrow. She starts tomorrow properly. I just sat with her at, at her desk and her, you know, she's a PC user. We're all Mac. So there's a lot mm. of stuff to learn and there's no pressure here, you know. Um, but I showed her the inbox and I just said, here's a bunch of quotes that came in last night. Which one are you going to do first? And, you know, I just told her the answer. It's the one that just came in, right? And we're going to try and get to all of those ones as quickly as we can. But the mm -hmm. one that just came in, unless it's for 20 shirts and the others are for 500 or something, that's actually the most important lead. That's the warmest lead we've got. Yeah. And we've got to get back to them real quick. And she got yeah. that straight away. Yeah. But it occurred to me, there's so much uh, to train. Like yeah. you put someone on press, there's so much to train. But it can all go wrong there because of what started here. You know, someone yeah, quotes, yeah, yeah. it's a four-color um, job. Yeah. They don't understand what an underbase is. They don't realize yeah. that red ink's really sticky or, you know, whatever it is. To get them yeah. to understand that as well as using all these systems, we have our own homemade kind of CRM, which is pretty yeah. basic. You know, we've got yeah. zaps between this, that, and the other. We've got Monday, We, you know. And that's why Hoops and, and Printavo um, are, are interesting um, to me. Um but it's just so much as well as the pricing structure, as well as, well, you know, this is a corporate entity called IBM. Let's see if we can get a better deal for, you know, yeah. this is a thousand shirts, not 20. Um, that kind of scares me a bit. But the, the reason I wanted to say it is because after two days, I went home and I was like, this actually could work. Yeah. You know, yeah. There I, is um, someone that could, could do this stuff. Yeah. Free me I'm up. So I'm excited. I agree. And a really good buddy of mine, Steve Cross, he's a, a fantastic artist and amongst other things. And he he's run a he ran a really successful tattoo shop in Melbourne called Corpus. And he's like, he's actually every time I talk to him, he's like, Have you got your shop manager yet? I was like, What are you talking about? He goes, You need a shop manager. I'm like, What are you talking about? He goes, You need a manager to take you off that shit. <laughs> like the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. And every time I yeah. talk to him, I'm like, No, man, I haven't got it. And we had a um a a, a conversation with the crew here we're trying to have a week we, one thing we've recently implemented is a daily huddle like we have a morning oh we do that yeah great yeah, morning catch up it's really good hey agile agile I like, methodology i was like oh, i don't know if they want to do it and i'm like you know what i'm not going to give them a choice and we kind of just talk about what's going on we still try and have a wednesday catch up joel's in the studio on wednesday so we have like a bit more like yeah hey, you're going um but um everyone was like yeah you you need help i was like oh 
I need help. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. How long have we thought about I, this? Where one? do I find oh, it? Oh, a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't say it's a control issue. I have a, actually, no, it is. It's a control issue. And it's because as much as I'm happy for this person to come in, it's like, if you fuck it up, it's not on you. It's going to be yeah. on me, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's, I mean, I don't know if you know the guy, um, I don't know his name, but Floodway, he's on Instagram. Yeah. He's like, that Corey. Dude, Corey, that's it. Yeah. He's so system. Like I'd get Corey to come over and he could just like do my shop. Like, dude, can you just come and do my shop? He's a process ninja, isn't he? Yeah, he's isn't he? So, um, yeah. But I feel like if that's what you've got set up for this person, then you, you're kind of going to be in the thing. We've always had like, no one person is responsible for anything. That's kind of one thing we've always tried to do. So like check the job with someone else and do that. It doesn't always work. Um, mm. And then there's also like, there's no, there's no such thing as a stupid question, you know? Mm. So we try and get that, get that through as well. But yeah, that person you're talking about, how did you, what, what I'd love to see your job description. <laughs> yeah, this is fascinating. Cause um, oh, what's his name? Not good on names today. A friend called me just last week and said that he runs a print shop. He's just got an Anatole and um, auto. And he said, how do you get your people? Yeah. You know, do you go through Seek? And I said, look, just forget about Seek. We've done it dozens of times. I think in the last year, I worked it out at the end of the financial year there. It's 15 people we've gone through. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, we've got the five here. Then we've got. Um, we've got three other part-timers, two of which are kids, and one is the guy who comes in on a Thursday and Friday to do the screens. And then one of my other daughters, Emma, does all of our social media stuff, which mm -hmm. I kind of have a love-hate thing about. Not my daughter, yeah. but social media. Social media, yeah. It's a, it's a poison chalice in a way, that. But anyway, all of that to say, um, we've, I reviewed it. We had so many people go through, and I said to my mate, look, don't go through Seek. You're going to get half the people that are on the dole need to sign up and say, yeah, I've applied for jobs. You're going to get a whole lot of bunch of people that want to learn how to paint and, you know, want to screen print as a hobby yeah. and, you know, don't really get that this is a commercial environment, although that's nice that they want to do that. And he said, well, how did you get them? And I said, well, it was two things. <laughs> One is I just go to the local um, um, community site on Facebook. and just put something really simple up with an hourly yeah. rate. And it's pretty clear, like, we're looking for mature people and that could mean a number of different things. Yeah. Yeah. But frankly, if you're 16 and mature and you are mature, then we'll take you. You know what I mean? Mm, if mm. you're 80 and not mature, we're not, you know, so it's not mm. just about age and you can very quickly go through that because you've got a different level of communication. It's not yeah. going through a formal process. Yeah. Um, and we take them in, we interview them, then we give them a working interview. Yeah. If they, you know, come for a week, we'll pay you, not an issue. We want to put you on everything, get you to understand everything. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. But the other thing I said is the other reason that we employ people is that someone refers them to us. Yeah. Someone will say, Sam, have you got any vacancies? I've got a friend who, and yeah, that's yeah. a totally yeah. different relationship when it starts. Troy, that's Troy. There you go. Troy is, that's how Matt, uh, the wizard, that's how he uh, rocked up, Matt. And um, it was literally like, Troy's like, you're looking for someone? I'm like, yeah, I need someone. And then literally Matt just literally rocked up on his motorbike, scared the shit out of everyone. And then within two days, he was like, <laughs> Matt's impact was pretty epic. Um, we're doing hoodies. He's like, you don't have any hot tack. I'm like, what's hot tack? <laughs> he's like, 
hot tack, you know, for jumpers. I was like, no, mate, we just iron them. We spray and then we iron them. And then he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that that's Troy. Troy could have a um, an employment agency side hustle without any hassle, without yeah, any issues yeah. there. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with the referral. Like, that's Troy. Troy, I must have put something on Instagram. Troy reached out. Paul just rocked up. He just was like, hey, man, I'm looking yeah, for work. Boy. And I literally I wrote his number down. And when Ben told me he was leaving, I was like, oh, man, no worries. Cool. I walked straight in here and I rang Paul straight away. I was like, hey, are you still looking for a job? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. But it's been cool. I, lo- I do love it. I, even though I was like 18 months, it's been hard. Um, yeah. I love the, uh, I don't know. I just love it when you get to print something and someone sees it and they're like, holy shit, that's my stuff, you know? Yeah, and, is, um, I do think sometimes we're underappreciated, but um, I was trying to get this thank the maker day thing happening, but uh, who's got the time for that? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good well, fun. I do love it. It, it is. I, I've done, I think I said before, I've done a few different things and I wish I'd started this 30 years ago. This is to me, not without stress as we've discussed, but it's been one of the most amazing models of business as well as what we're doing I've ever done it. And I've never done anything in, in manufacturing, if we can put it that way mm. before in my life and never wanted to go near that. That's just scary. You need to buy equipment. You know, that's a big deal. You need to understand processes, but it's just great. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. I, um, if you told me, so it's as a company, we're about, this is our 10th year. If you told me, back then that this is where I would end up I would never have believed you I'm immensely proud of myself for getting for being able to keep us in this situation and you know when I think about the people we've printed for and the clients and you know the stuff we've done I'm immensely proud I don't like I don't know what else I would do but then Mm. you know if this went to shit tomorrow I'm like I'm gonna go mow lawns or or do something I cover all I've, I've always worked you know I've done so many different jobs from being a customs officer to a building maintenance man, you know, like just mode long. I don't care. I'm just, I'll have a go. I do love this. Um, but running a small business is fucking hard. It is. It <laughs> it's is. really, really hard. And um, I, I don't know that 30 years ago I would have been mature enough to understand what it involves. And I think it's like having kids. I've only like, my daughter's six and my son's four. I don't know that I could have done that when I was 25 or 30. In fact, I pretty much guarantee you I couldn't have. So I'm kind of glad to be doing it now. Um, yeah, I've got way more stability and awareness. Um, but the the ramifications, if it goes to shit, are, are much bigger. So um, the ability as we are older people to be able to back ourselves and know that it's okay mm. is a strength that... Um, I think is very it's it takes sort of tenacity to to, to be able to sit in you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um you know like i'm yeah i'm really proud of where we're at and what we do and who we do it for but the challenge is is like i've got another 20 years i'm like i'm not even like i see this i'm like i'm 48 i don't have the 20 years of this i'm like all right what what am i going to do how am i going to change it and how am i going to improve it and I have a couple of things I want to do, but um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's it is fun. Stressful fun. Stressful fun. That's even and we thing. we could be about to 
we being ministry of shirts could be about to make a terrible mistake in that like i said earlier we're you know we're planning to move to a bigger place in february maybe get a yeah. second auto this year we've got an auto cota want to go to cts want to you know get that rock and so on um and and incidentally just quick aside you mentioned earlier on you know if you could have that um mnr auto running and the, the two manuals running and the flatbed printer running uh full time you'd be happy but mm. in truth we want them to run about 60 percent yeah because yeah. when you get into that top level again in terms of consumption you've got to get another order you got you know so there is a thing about that but we could be about to make that mistake because surely we, we don't have enough space i mean that's a given that's that's okay but if we move too fast now in the next stage i'll never be able to consolidate because we'll just be running to catch up and to pay off yeah get more staff there has to be a model where you can say uh, actually you know now we can actually slam the brakes on which might be about increasing price or reducing marketing or advertising or whatever it is mm. but whatever that journey is whatever that goal is if i'm able to plan to get someone to take this load of work off me and do that thing that most entrepreneurs don't do and that is to delegate and to let go and yeah. say yeah you stuffed up but you're now going to fix it rather yeah. than you didn't do it my way if I can get that going, I think I'll be able to get out. In all the other businesses I've done, I've never been able to do that. Even when I've yeah. had a fantastic team around me, I've never been able to let go. And so we could be making a great big mistake in that I may make a rod from my own back by going to that next level, whatever that is. Yeah. It could actually be, yeah, we get to that level. Now we put the prices up. We'll just manage the market a little for me having two autos would be about redundancy i think that like that scares the shit out of me to be honest and i guess you know joel at psi you know before they put in their second rock they were running double shifts you know they were like that, exactly. that thing was that thing was wailing you know and yeah. i'm like if you're not at a point where that machine is constantly working potentially for 10 to 8 to 10 hours a day like why would you put in the, the second machine you know i don't i don't see that and i also go how many times do you get to a point where you've got that much work that you could put it on the second machine you know i know there's the theory is like oh if if the if the turnaround on the job is too long if it's taking us if our turnaround is supposed to be two weeks and it's pushing out to four it's pushing out to four constantly for six months at a time i'd be like okay Second, something going on you know, but if it's yeah. only happening once every three or two, two or three weeks or once every month be like that extra job i'd be outsourcing it <laughs> i'd be literally ringing up joel i'd be like hey man can you do this job for me i just got a little i just need your help on this and then that way you're still staying within your comfort zone you know to be i i, I like the idea of increasing the size but if i was to do it again i'd probably still try and find this size shop i don't know i'd i'd don't i didn't do it how i should have done it i wasn't telling everyone we were moving i tried to keep i was like oh everyone's going to be happy and it's going to be a surprise when in actual fact what i should have been telling people is like hey we're moving and we're moving this is what's happening we're moving so i don't know i like the like go for it i say um but um yeah it scares the shit out of me <laughs> i'd be like a second auto holy crap we we moved the tables out here for the exhibition and i joke I was like, there's room for a second auto here he just looked at me <laughs> and I was like, 
you know I'm joking. He's like, <laughs> you better be joking. You know, like I, I like the idea of the autocoder, the computer to screen, you know, that stuff. And that's just working more efficiently. You know, if it was up to me, I'd be working a four hour, a four day work week. You know, we'd have Fridays off, everyone would have a three day. That to me is about quality of life and managing it to, so you can still do the shit you need to do. Um, yeah. But, you know, having that second auto and knowing that you got to make 40K in wages a week and, you know, like, I'll be like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. If, if I was, if I had this brain and I could go back to the 20 year old, probably still wouldn't do it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, okay. know. I, okay. I don't know. I like it. It's not working at a pace where you break yourself every day. I don't, I don't see the point in that, you know? Um, yeah. And on that CDS, are you like, is that what you're, is that what you're thinking? Have you seen the laser ones? Oh, look, you know, there's so many. Uh, we've been Have looking you, at the, the laser one is the one I'd be getting. I think it's like Sati and it's, it's, it's a laser UV light. It's on the made lab thing. And it's just like, because there's no consumables, you know, it's like That's right. it's one less thing you have to buy. And there are two uh, of those. There's the yeah. Sati one and there's an MHM one mm -hmm. now, which I gather is a bit more. Uh, cost effective so i think i'd love to go to that but mm. it's the price mm. i'm looking at um uh, the kiwo have one that um it's a bit like the mnr one except it's it's a vertical one it's wax mm -hmm. and it also um, exposes in the same unit mm -hmm. and also been looking at the exile one which is called a spider two i think it is or something ah. like that. I think Donovan's Excel got technologies. one. Donovan's refurbishing one. If you want to get into the oh, is that um, right? He's got his, right. he's got a whatever they're called. He's got one that he's. I was like, ooh, are they retail for one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars? Yeah, like, they're ooh. they're huge bucks. Yeah, um, and that's the reason I haven't got one. But um, that's the reason I don't have one. <laughs> the the setup time on an auto, you know, if you don't, if you've got a good rego to do. That can be a real killer on a job, not just mm. the, you know, the auto is still going to run fast, you know, even if it's doing 200 an hour, like it, you know, obviously it's quicker than a manual. Um, you're never going to fail in that area, but the setup time can break it in terms of the number of jobs you'd plan to put through that day. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the halfway point. Don't get another auto, go for CDS. You'll be able to, you know, when you get those really intense, um, numbers of orders come through you can kind of cope with it that way um by by increasing the the speed of setup but i this might be a bit kind of um well, i don't know what word to use ridiculous that would be a good word um i just want redundancy yeah so you know that thing of if my auto the auto coder breaks it's not a big deal mm. if, if the auto breaks it's a big deal because in yeah. truth, the only yeah. person that can, and this may be just my issue, the only person that can print well enough on a manual, especially with color work, is me. And mm. I'm nearly 60. I'm not 48. It'd be nice to be 48. Yeah. Um, I just can't do that now. So that may be part of it. But also spinning up two machines 100%, two autos 100% of the time isn't good. You know, that's not going to mm. work. But if I was able to get two up at 60%, so someone's at the door. Can you go around? Yeah, I think um, is it Andy and Dylan? 
on the shirt show. I remember when I was on it, I was talking to them about stuff, but Andy's always like, what's your break? How quickly can you break the machine down and reset it? His machines. He's like, that's the thing he looks at. And, you know, he has his breakdown station in the middle of the shop where the machines are. And there's a, it goes in the tub and then they do that. Yeah. And a new yeah, one comes right. on. Like if you have, if you're going to try and justify the second auto, like I'd be like, how can I improve the setup and pull down on the existing yeah. machine first? Yeah. You know, like even little things like, you know, applying applying board glue takes 20 minutes <laughs> or, yeah. or changing the board tape. You know, yeah. it's all that stuff. You know, you, like if you say, you, you've got to, you've got to take the, um, you've got to clean the screens down with Plastisol cleaner first before you put them in. Like mm -hmm. imagine how much time you would save on that. Just There's a great, in, yeah. um, oh, what's it called? Sorry, I'll just ref get it off my phone. The, right yeah. uh, the book is um, Atomic Habits. Have you heard of it? Atomic like what? Atomic Habits. And Habits, it's... yeah, okay. Anyway, there's a there's a story in there and he's like the guy, the new coach for the Great Britain cycling team wanted to make them good and all this sort of stuff. And he literally changed, the, the they concentrated on changing everything by 1%. And they went from being like sixth in the world to winning everything, every gold. And they just, every process just got improved by 1%. And it's like that, the justification for the second order, I'd be like, how much is it going to cost me? You know, how long is this thing, you know, how is this machine working? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Even things right. like cleaning the squeegees and all that shit. It's like, you know, taking the tape out, you know, putting the tape in, like, all of that stuff just takes so much time, you know. Have you got a, we've got a squeegee cleaner. Have you got a squeegee cleaner? No. <laughs> I was in the UK at Christmas and they've got a place there called Screen Print World or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I've seen that online, yeah. And I just bought one. Is um, it the bench one and you just wind it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a golf, like a golf ball cleaner, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. It's so quick. Yeah, the guys love it, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Small increments, um, sharpening those business processes, and I think you're right. CTS. The problem is that, um, and I don't want to bag out Anatol, but CTS won't work well on an Anatol. Um, Did they say least, why? Well, because the rego, the arms move when you lock them down, so you oh. can rego something in, um, and then you clamp the other clamp down. It's got side clamps on on an Anatol. Oh. Um, and the and it moves a fraction of the mill, and they are trying to iron that out. We are kind of working with them on it. And when you manually regger it, the person that's regering it just com accommodates for that, right? They just know that's what's going to happen on that head. I guess that's the air. I mean, the the MNR's airlock. So you hold it and you just click it, and it's like yeah. And then it's yeah. got a manual overnight lock. So when you, when you go at night, if you're worried about your regger, you can just put these extra screws down. But when, right. you turn the, when you turn the air off, and the pressure so, drops. It, so it doesn't move. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So if I'm going to go to CTS, you know, I've got a kind of, um, I'm going to call it a baby version, excuse me, of CDS based on the Anatole system, which is called Army. And it's just too laborious mm. a job, you know, adds too yeah. much time on the way. And so we've kind of built our own version of that, which I think a lot of print shops do anyway. Mm. Um, which works and they're pretty quick, but I think, yeah, I'd want to be on an MNR or a rock or, or to see a better solution from, from I image. That's what it's called. Not I image. Yeah. I image. Yeah, yeah. That's the MNR one. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but there is one other system um, in terms of CTS that I've been hearing about, and it's not on the market yet. Um, now, this sounds completely bonkers, and I've asked to go and see this. Um, it's basically a system that coats the screen with the emulsion, effectively exposed, um, instead of the burnout area. Does that make sense? It's mm. doing the absolute opposite. So it's a negative space. Yeah, correct. And um, it's supposed to be pretty good. So there's no need for exposure or blowout or any of that. But I've asked to see it. This is something Howard's been talking to me about for ages. Um, Exile are coming over next month just for a couple of days if mm -hmm. you're interested in catching up with them. I've never even heard of Exile. <laughs> well, they were on the spider. So that's purportedly the um, number one wax unit. But, you know, I guess everybody uh, would say I think that. Joel's got his Duluth or something it's called. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not... I don't have the money to spend on that at the moment. I don't even have it. Yeah, like our exposure room's a tent. <laughs> so right, you know, yeah, I, I'm that. like, when I started, we used to use, I used to use um, bond paper and you get WD-40 or the cheapest version of that you can get. And you put it on the screen and you, you spray it and it goes transparent. And then I'd put it in a vacuum bag, you know, the ones you get from the $2 shop put that in there and then I'd get my vacuum and suck it on the thing. And then I had this four watt bulb that's how I used to make my screens. And um, that's what I did for ages. Yeah. I mean, when, when we got a film printer, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But um, I, I, I do want that because the amount of film we chuck out is just insane. Like, so, such a waste. I've got a, I keep getting this, I got a sample roll from this person in China and it was like 10 rolls, 10, six, 10 60 meter rolls for like $400 or something. You know, I'm paying 460 for a 60 meter roll, and I was like, I'm just going to import heaps and flood the market because we chuck it out. We don't keep it. We don't. Yes, yeah, same here. We just like it's just a it's just a waste. But you know, when you you're cutting a piece of film and there's this bit on the end, it's just you're just chucking it out. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And you can't recycle that stuff. It's not. No, it's, not, it's done. You know, so. Yeah, and no, I think it's better for that reason too. Um, so well, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. We have to catch up in a year or so and see. Yeah, for sure. Try sure. together again and work out how our stories have gone. But uh, yeah, Shannon, thanks, mate. It's been really great to get to know you. I, I'm, yeah, one cool. of the great things about <laughs> this is I'm, I like, you're like, how long will we talk for? I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's been nearly two hours. Oh yeah, it's been well over two hours now. <laughs> Hopefully, this um, doesn't break the YouTube um, setting on it. Rules. So. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Thanks for That's your cool. honest, so, so it was honest. a bit punishing to get to. I was, I was a bit had a bit going on in the last couple of weeks. Totally get it, especially but, um, with young family. It's, yeah, it's we. Hard. I know we talk, Facebook group. We're talking about hoops. I really feel like um, if you did reach out to Brad and try and book like a chat with him, um, I'm not on their books or anything, but sure. you know, I really feel like that product is it's got some. Um, it's got some legs to stand on. Is he know. in Sydney? Did you say he was in Sydney? No, he's. I I just book. You can just go online and book a call with him, and then um, he'll answer he's your questions. Based in Australia, though, right? Yeah, they're Australian. Yeah. They're an Australian product. Yeah. It's like ninety nine US for two licenses, and then twenty nine for the third, um, which is not too bad. It works out to be about two hundred bucks a month. But you just like it's just the functionality that you're talking about with Monday. We use Trello a little bit in here as well, just for the ideas and stuff. But it's kind of when you put it all in one and everyone has access to it and you can just kind of see what's going on. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can send reminders to each other and it could have a there's a couple of things I don't like, which I, it doesn't Brad knows about it. 
you know, there's a couple of things I'm like, oh, that needs to be fixed. You know, um, like the the addresses don't automatically populate when you're putting in a new contact. You have to manually oh, add it. And then if you, yeah. if you need to add the shipping and the billing address, you have to duplicate it. I'm like, that's just a waste of time. <laughs> it just should be populating from Google. Like that's a no-brainer, you know. Um, but, okay. but all of those stuff, like it, this other stuff is really good. You know, this software is really good. So, cool. yeah, it's worth it. And they've got a really good online um, web portal. So you can basically do this whole, um, it goes through every single function that the software offers and it's a free online thing. You can just sit there and have the software open and go through the thing and set it mm -hmm. all up. And then- um... I'll look out for all of that. Oh, actually, sorry. The last thing that's good about it is it, it links automatically to AS Color, Gildan, everyone that you have accounts with. It pulls in their pricing and populates. So when you put okay. in 5001 for good. AS Color, it's sitting there. You know, so. Anyway. All right, well, look, I better shoot through. Thanks yeah, I better go home. And let's stay in touch. Going, and... like, What's going on? <laughs> yeah. If I'm Wollongong, I might pay you a visit if that's okay. Yeah, please. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Come down. Um, I'd love to show you the shop. And I'm the same. Um, if I get up that way. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. It's always nice to see other shops. I love actually going to other people's shops. I'm like, ooh. I remember my old boss, Andy. Uh, I was like, why have you got nail polish on the whiteboard, Andy? He's like, oh, we use it for pinholes. I was like, yes. Jesus. White nail polish on your pinholes. I was like, that's so good, dude. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I better say yeah. goodbye. No Thanks worries. again, Shannon. Thanks. Bye, sir. All the best. Cheers. Cheers.